Hello and welcome to the Super Show podcast. I am your host, Alex Jones, and this week I'm joined by Jamie and Chris. We're going to be talking about some lovely video game news, some adjacent news, and some downright bullshit as we do every week. Expect hot takes and trash opinions. We are uh, not just on YouTube, if that's where you're watching us, or we're not just on podcasting platforms, if that's where you're listening to us. Um, we are all over the webs, and we're also on Paisley Radio. You can go check us out, paisleyradio.com, Thursdays, 10 p.m., repeating on Mondays at 10 p.m. Wherever we're ubiquitous. I love that word. Oof. How the hell are you boys doing this week? Good. You know what I loved about that intro? What's that? It, it, it's what's colloquially known in the industry as the rug sweep. What, just pull it out quickly? Just get yeah, it Just done. getting everything fucking Ripping out of the, the way. Band I love it. I was going to say, Someone's really keen on getting an early night tonight. Jonesy's fucking (laughs) rattling through this shit. Do you know what it is? I want to get it all out there and start talking before people manage to click the stop playing button before they move on to the next podcast, which uh, is uh, showing up on their little Mm. list. And I guess, like, disclosure, before we recorded this, uh, we're probably a little bit later recording it usually than we are because we recorded a nice little uh, something-something for the patrons. We did. There's some extra content going to be going Mm. up there. Um... Oh, there's lots of other content already up there. If you're not a patron already, maybe head over to patreon.com forward slash super show and uh, you can check out that behind the scenes content, some uh, sort of pilots that we had made back in the day that never went live. Some, um, I've got, a, I'm trying to think what else. We've got a Known Murderer, we've got a couple of um, spoilerific podcasts as well. Mm. So get yourself and ho- hopefully and another out. spoiler, spoiler cast coming soon. Uh, if my weekend pans out the way I want it. Oh, okay. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. We, we yeah. mentioned it in the previous thing. But yeah. The, yeah. Most, the most timely spoiler cast that we've potentially ever made. <laughs> Last of us two, us. eat your heart out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I should probably set everyone up because this is going to be a little bit of a different show. Uh, for people who caught the, um, the the show last week, we were going to do a run-through of all the games. Uh, well, hold on. Not all the games, I apologise. The games that we <laughs> give a shit about um, that are coming out in 2022. There are quite a few of them, so we sort of tried to narrow the list down a bit. But we only managed to make it partway through. So that was part one last week, if you want to go back and have a listen to that and uh, hear our thoughts on um, Elden Ring, Horizon Forbidden West, God of War Ragnarok, Dying Light 2, uh, and the untitled Breath of the Wild Breath of the Wild sequel, then um, you can go check out last week's show. So this will be part two um, mm. of the games coming out in 2022. But before we talk about that, we will talk about Sony buying Bungie. Um, so don't disappear just yet if you're thinking, I don't really give a toss about these guys' opinions of games coming out in 2022. <laughs> Stick around hey, that's what for they the Bungie for, baby. Yeah, you know, ha- hang on. Just listen a little bit longer. You might... You might excited about saying hold on hold on Jonesy you gotta say you could do it like an old man though okay go go stay a while and listen I, I, I'm not gonna do better than that mate that was that was oh, come on that. give I'll it a shot no well, <laughs> let's, ja- let's Jamie can I interest you in uh, stay a while and listen <laughs> that was that was like Bane from, from the Dark Knight Rises <laughs> <It was great. laughs> old Bane I'm old Bane. No one Perhaps he was wondering why you would put stay the on and listen. Favourite Bane line? What is, the, what is your favourite Bane line? No the, the, one the, the, cared who I was yeah. until I stayed a while and listened. <laughs> can, we, can we just do a whole podcast? How great would this be if we did a whole podcast where we just all gave that shitty impression? What's the, it's the whistle that I want to be able to do. The, the whistle? The, what like was the whistle? They, I can't even do it. Like where the old people talk and they go like, 
hey, shoddy. But they do that shh. Oh, because because the because the, 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 their breath goes through their dentures. Yes, is yeah. that what it is? It's actually yeah, totally. like a yeah. denture whistle. Yes, that's oh, what it is. When I could I was kind your age. I could kind of do it because I've got two fake front teeth. Did you know that? Jesus, I didn't <laughs> I, know that. I, I don't yeah. know that either. Yeah. Oh, no, you guys did. Maybe I don't. I I don't think we've he's, talked he's, about it before for sure but we've yeah. already covered the fact that I never keep anything in my brain for more than about two months and I just this is true out. this is true yeah two two fake front teeth uh titanium screws ice skating accident there you go ice skating that was oh was it was it was it that you they were dug in the ice yeah and you yeah, well one one was, they were still in the ice yeah yeah and then oh. and then like some some kid came so I, I went to the okay so I went ice skating I shouldn't have and, said that now it makes my my teeth hurt. Oh, okay. Let, let me lay it out for you. Okay, just, just give, give you some flavor. So I'll go ice skating. And this was a week after I just crashed my brother's car while learning to drive. <laughs> so that was great. I didn't, it just lightly bumped into a tree and, and cracked the radiator. Okay, not a big deal. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway, Minor. so I was, feeling, I was feeling pretty shitty about myself. And my good friends were like, hey, let's go ice skating. Get your mind over it. I like quality. I like ice skating. Go ice skating. And this one, this one guy, Richard, uh, Asian dude and he's like fucking doing circles around all of us and I'm getting like really fucking annoyed now like this guy's too big for his boots right so I, I, I think to myself as he skates around again I'll push the dude yeah just give him a little like tap or well, fucking karma because he was so fucking fast I went to push him and he sped off and I didn't and you know when you like push air <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I and I got off balance and then I, I started like falling forward tried to course correct and then went backwards started falling backwards it's like I'm I'm going to like, I'm going to hit the back of my head and I'm going to die. So my genius plan, swivel my body to turn around so that I'm falling forwards, if that makes sense, but lift my hands, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like like, the meerkat. Yeah, no, like lift my hands in front of my face so that like I fall on my arms and like my forearms. Catch yourself. That's a common thing that people do when they Exactly, exactly. I, unfortunately, I, for whatever reason, my spatial awareness was not going on that day. And as I swiveled my body, the ground was already there and I had no time to lift up my arms. So just <laughs> face first into the ice. Uh, so what I teeth- love about this is it took you about five minutes to hit the deck because you had time to go through all these options yeah. in your head. This is Mate, like... Shall I land? No, I will you, swivel. You know, shall I um, swivel with hands? I will not use hands. I will use face to catch me. No, but it's like, it's like that instinct, right? Like that, like... I'm going to do X, Y, Z, and I'm going to go. And it's like... I, I'm just imagining the fight scenes from the Sherlock Holmes movie where he sl- time slows <laughs> yeah. right down. And he's yeah. like doing all the moves. Yeah. And then Chris, when he goes back to regular, you know, full speed, he just immediately hits the floor <laughs> yeah. and doesn't have That's time That's exactly to what it is. It's like, turn around, discombobulate. Discombobulate. And then what it um, reminds me of is that, that shorts, uh, Call of Duty shorts channel where the guy's like... Um, I turn around. I see a guy holding an MP5, a scientist MP5 with this scope on the top. It takes exactly 2.3 seconds to cover the ground between me and him. I've only got a knife. He's got this. I know that his shoot angle, and it runs through all these things about how he's going to close the distance and kill the guy. It's like IQ, like 3,000. And then when it actually plays, he just dies. He just gets shot immediately and dies. I mean, that's effectively what happened, yeah. So, yeah. so I fell, hit, hit the, the ice with my face, and my two front teeth shot out through my lip. So like parts of my lip, like, like, like a kitty cat. Um, and yeah, they picked me up off the ice and uh, they had to get everyone off the ice because it was like a pool of blood, like on the ice rink. Um, 
And then they took me to the first aid place. And then as we're in the first aid place, like off in the corner, like Hold this on. kid... Please tell me, before you get that bit, please tell me the uh, smarmy bastard mate who was doing all the spins just right before everyone got cleared off just skated through the blood. <laughs> just that would be, be really like... funny, yeah. And wrote his name in, in the blood, like, Richard, <laughs> yeah. bitch. Um, no, so, so so listen, so we get to the, um, the first aid little unit there and this kid comes in and we're like, what's this fucking kid doing here? And he comes, so I got, let me preface it. I was like 18 years old, probably when this happened. And this kid must've been like, I don't know, 12. And he comes in, he goes, he, he puts his hand out and he goes, I've got your tooth. Oh. And he, he had one of my teeth, like the, the root you and everything. Like it was, in, right? <sighs> well, yeah, you can, yeah. So, so back in the day, like I used to be an avid viewer of the Discovery Channel before Discovery Channel was just like ice road truckers and alien fucking explorers <laughs> yeah. or whatever. When it was actually like Discovery stuff that you're interested in. Yeah. And I remember watching a thing saying that, like, uh, if you want to transport teeth to put them in in milk instead of... I've heard. I think I've heard that. Yeah, because yeah. the calcium keeps it alive for longer. And so, if you put it in ice, that's a bad idea because it yeah, can, like, kill it'll, whatever. It'll kill it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So so I, I asked them, oh, okay, well, we'll try and reattach it. So get a, get a like, a little cup of, ice, uh, of milk and put it in there. Uh, paramedics took me, blah, 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 went back. Had to go to a maxillofacial surgeon. They tried to reinsert that tooth, and that was an eight-month ordeal. It did not work. It did not take multiple infections, etc. So I had to take it off. Then clean out the infection. Then put in two titanium screws. That was another eight-month recovery. And then after that, put in uh, uh, two fake front teeth. So there you go. Can, can you unscrew your teeth then? Uh. I can go to a maxillofacial surgeon and he could do it, yes. Oh, right. You can't just go, oh. No, just like cemented in, basically. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. Weird. There we go. I did, uh, It wasn't the same as that, but I had a, I had a, when I was a kid, um, I went ice skate with a mate of mine. And you know when something bad happens and a crowd forms? So yeah. I was I was on the arcades, typical for me when I was a kid. So I'm on there playing some uh, sick dog fighting on the old um, the arcade machine. <laughs> And a massive crowd has formed and is like moving towards us and everyone's going like, oh my God, this is brutal. Something really bad's happened to some some person. And I'm like going, oh, amazing. I want to see, I want to see. And I managed to see over the top and it's my mate. And he's just got blood pouring down his face. Oh shit. And he's been, he basically, he he hit some girl going the wrong way around the ice rink and he landed on the floor and then someone skated into his oh. head. Oh, was, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. And you know the studs at the front of the skates that, yeah. that breaks? I think <laughs> they just like, caught him right, oh. in the, right in the forehead. And it, it wasn't bad, really, but it's just because your forehead really bleeds if you cut it. I kind of yeah. feel that's like a that's like an Adam Sandler film where like the 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 shoe is stuck in his head, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, yeah, gross. Wow. Like, so, so games, fellas, to games, yes. Um, <laughs> we're going to keep it pretty light, like I said on the news this week. Um, we're not even going to do a comment of the week because we want to crack on. First of all, though, we should mention. Um, we should mention the special folks that actually keep the lights on, keep us coming back, keep this little ship sailing, keep mm. this little train chugging, as it were. I'm talking, of course, about the Patreons, uh, the patrons who support us over at patreon.com forward slash super show. You will notice that there are some names on screen right now of these wonderful individuals who um, who help us out every single week. And I would like to call some of them out now and I would like to name them. They are Aaron Cameron, Athletic Gravy, Helium Joker, Jesper Camdown Nielsen, Mark Clancy, and as an absolute geld, Mindful Pig, Mr. Anthropic, Nathan Pierce, Pastors Guild, Scary Omen, Starful Kid, and the big dogs. They are Brett Z, Doppler, Geometric Potter, Hacksaw Book Reed, Manuel Guerrero, Pease Wad, and The Uncaged. 
Um, I do mm. have a little update as well from the Uncaged because that is, um, as people will know, has a special name that um, I will not be saying today because I've already No, said what's it. his name, Alex Jones? I don't I know will not who be saying it. you were talking about. Um, but he sent us a little note which says, this is in reference to his name. Jonesy completely butchered my name in the beginning, but it's gotten better. Chris aced the last name, but the first name was a bit off. And Jamie will be getting a surprise challenge round oh, next week. Interesting. Blimey. No pressure then. Uh, and then we also have the percentage correct so far, as the Uncaged oh, nice. has said, we've gotten the name. So Jamie, obviously unknown. Me, 50% right. And Chris, 69% with a little cheeky face. Hell yeah, 69. buddy. Hell yeah. Uh, I, I kind of feel that like, you know, with the, the upcoming film, The Batman and like Paul Dano's The Riddler, I, mm. I kind of feel like this is the blueprint. Right. I see. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right. Like, yeah, okay. It's like, there's a bomb in Gotham. Now pronounce my name. Yeah. And instead of leaving question marks everywhere, he just leaves his name and everyone has to try and pronounce it. And yeah. every time someone mispronounces his name, another innocent person dies. <laughs> Oh, do you know what I was talking? To, I was talking yesterday about like the old school slasher movies and the stupid reasons why they would kill people. Um, was talking about, like, do you remember um, uh, Urban Legend? Yeah, yeah. And like, I know what you did last summer, obviously, Scream and that. I feel like this would be a great one. What's my name? Is the name of the film? Oh, he's just like really <laughs> slighted because people can't pronounce his name properly. Anytime someone says their name wrong, they turn up and murder them, and it's like they try and connect the dots and figure out they got they got him by the wrong name. To be fair. Um, no one likes Cockburn would have every right to justifiably come and kill me because of how I butchered the Ooh, name. Was but it it's damn, but, damn I, damn it, Coburn. Damn Dav, Dav, why Dav, why are you, Dav, you're just Dav, Dav, opening Dav, the Dav, door Dav, to get it wrong again? Like, yeah. you didn't need to go there. I was trying to get it right, to be fair. Yeah, and and no, you know, no. do you know how, how they'd kill you? You know, like if you take a hot dog and you cut it like lengthwise and it just kind of like, kind of like oh, splits open. I did that, I did that today. So yes. Wow. Sexual. You know where he's going with it, right? I though, do. Now, I do. Yeah. I okay. Do. Yeah. But I wasn't talking about a penis. <laughs> you didn't even flinch at the thought of that. That's because I did it earlier today, and I'm. I'm yeah, but not to, to a penis. Did you know there's a tribe? I can't remember. Where Get they your are, hand off my penis. That. They do that to um, boys when they reach puberty. They they slice it along the urethra and then they mash it with a stone. Yeah, it's some, some yeah, African tribe. Yeah. Increases yeah. the surface area. To be fair, for her pleasure. <laughs> It's like that's why they do it at Five Guys, so they can like you know they can get more surface area on the on the heat and get let's, more char. Oh, let's move on. Let's move on. I was thinking about those hot dogs earlier. I really want a chili dog, like a really good chili dog. <laughs> I, I can tell. I know a place that does an okay chili dog. I, I want oh, a really good corn dog. Give, give me just, corn dogs any day. I mm. do you know what we should all we all three of us should get together soon. We should go to Herman's a German because that is a good. That is a good yeah. place to go for sausage. Yeah, but you're in and out of there in like half an hour. That's the only problem for a meet Let's go up. get pissed afterwards. Well, there's that too, yeah. Well, uh, we, we do need to kind of do a, a catch-up for sure. Chicken um, wings. We'll go to uh, one place for chicken wings, and then we'll go to Herman for a dog, and then we'll go for drinks. There you go. Herman for a dog. It's, um, uh, it's my birthday in like three weeks. We can use that as an excuse. Nice. Let's do it. Let's fucking do it. Let's fucking one let's go. excuse. Um, but we will, of course, be catching up then together mm. in real life. But I want to catch up now quickly. And I oh. want to know um, what you guys have been up to. In delicious segment. Why don't you gonna, start, Alex Jones? Do you know, okay, I will start. I'll keep it very brief because this is going to be weird because I'm going to get into the world of um, the musical. Um, <laughs> that is weird. All right, Evan Hansen. 
not the typical thing I would go for, but um, it was my birthday at the end of December. Um, and so my wife bought me tickets for uh, her and I to go and see Back to the Future. Oh, nice. Uh, in London at the Adelphi. And yeah, went to see it and it was bloody brilliant. Really, like really genuinely? Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Like I'm not into musicals either. Like I, I'm not a musical kind of person, but I'm a big Back to the Future fan. Um, so I really wanted to see it. And then I, I must admit the first sort of 20 minutes, I was kind of like, oh God, this is going to be awful. Because they were singing. <laughs> Which of course they are, it's a musical. Yes. I, I was kind of hoping that I would... That I would kind of block out the singing and just enjoy the Back to the Future stuff, but after twenty minutes, yeah. I was, I mate, I was in. I was so that's in. It was wicked. Decent man. Decent. Yeah, that's the weird part, especially about a musical adaptation of a film like Back to the Future. Is it's got all these iconic sort of components and lines and quotes, but like, do I really want them? Do I really need like a like a version of Doc like singing where we're going? We don't need rope. Like, like, do I need to know what that sounds like in sing song form? Like or the no. inverse. Like when when I when I watched the film version of uh, Les Mis, and it's like I went to go watch it with my wife. Why aren't they singing? No, no. And I was I was like, are they seriously going to sing every single word in this fucking movie? She's like, oh right, oh, yes. Yeah, and she's yeah. like, yeah, it's a fucking musical. I was like. What? I <laughs> oh, see. I couldn't do that. Like, I have no interest in that at all. And so, this, I was more interested in seeing Back to the Future on the stage, and then the musical part of it. I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah. But actually, the way they did it was a, was a very good ad- adaptation. They do change some stuff to offer it, you know, so that it works on stage. Yeah, like, sure. Parts sure. of the story they tweak. Um, but, did they like, do Johnny see, Be Good? I mean, that's all you need they, to know. Oh, I don't know if I want to say. It might ruin it for people. Oh, yeah, they what? Do. They spoiler spoiler alert for Back to the Future the musical. <laughs> they but what's weird, they don't do Hip to Be Square. Not Hip to Be Square, the other one, Power of Love. They don't do Power okay. of Love uh, at the beginning when um his band play for Huey Lewis and the News. Do you remember that scene where they like playing for the the bands to play at the prom? I don't, the, I don't, the, I don't really remember. So there's they're looking for bands to play in the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. Yeah. And he Marty McFly with his band goes up the pinheads and they're like we're the pinheads and they start to play the power of love and they like do the you know the first riff and then the Huey Lewis is actually playing the the role of the guy who's who's watching to pick the bands and he gets a megaphone he's like sorry guys you're just too loud and then they don't (laughs) even get to play the song but they just play like the opening sort of bit but then later on they do play it yeah in the credits do they change sorry do they change anything about the fact that Doc steals the materials he needs uh, for Tonium. the for the yeah from actual terrorists who then yes. arrive like with like in full on terrorist garb like <laughs> yes, shooting with. They, I was going to say that's one part that has aged strangely. Uh, I think it was strange for back I, then, even dude. Like, no, I think they should have kept it in. I mean, yeah, it, like sure. I'm is, not. In, I'm not weird. suggesting they should have changed it. If, I just guess fair, they would. To be fair, like I think that's that's one of those weird questions. Like we talk about, we've talked about films quite a few times on the pods, and, and I have a bit of a stickler for how things get done in films and things that feel right and thing, things that don't feel right. And morality is a big thing in films. Like you can't have a you can't have a, a moral character do an immoral act for like their own ends. It always has to be because someone did this or because this. So how do you get a moral <laughs> character to steal weapons grade plutonium? Like, you can't. That's an immoral act, right? You can't yeah. have them steal it from a power plant or the government. Yeah, they've or, got to take it from a bad guy. So it goes they have like to take it from a bad a guy. A noble act almost. 
Exactly, because then, then not only are they doing a moral act because they're, like you say, a noble thing because they're taking the plutonium away from the bad guys. Yeah, it's making it's making good. It's even going further than well, neutralizing it. It's doing a good act. Okay, but so. so then, how did they do it in the musical? Then, how did they justify it? So they do do it. Like he, they say, I think he says, "Where did you get it from?" And he says, "Terrorists." Or something like that, but they just gloss over it. And then when the uh, bit where okay, they turn yeah. up and they shoot him with the AK-47, that doesn't happen. Yeah, um, He irradiates himself by accident. And he dies of radiation poisoning. Jesus, okay. What? And, then, and then Marty, this is the weirdest bit actually, and then Marty has to go and get help. So he gets in the car and like canes it off to try and find help. And then he hits 88 miles oh, right. goes back in time. Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah, that was the weirdest part. That was the only part that's that weird. The Fine, rest of it is not like that. I remember yeah, the there was a great. I remember the there was a, the whole show is great. There's a musical version of Groundhog Day that I really wanted to go see. Oh, is there? I would have loved that. I didn't. Yeah, know there was but one. I think I think it was yeah, like a limited run, one. and I I I don't even they know if it came to London stuff. at all. But yeah, um, that, like that stuff's cool. Like I, I'd like to go and see Back to the Future musical. Sounds there was sounds a, like a riot. They did an American Psycho musical as well. I remember that being like, hang on a second, that that doesn't make any sense. But at the same time, that sounds more fun. Do you remember the Spider-Man musical that they did that like where almost every single person... Oh, it was a disaster, right? Yeah, like people were breaking bones left, right and centre. Oh, wow. It was like cursed. The um, American Psycho, though, I think that sounds amazing because obviously so much of that film is based on music. Yeah. Yeah, He's obsessed Um, with music. He's obsessive about music. It was... um, Is his name Matt Smith, the guy who was Doctor Who at one point? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was him. He oh, was wow. in the, I can see uh, the, I can totally the see London that. version of that production, at least. Oh, that does sound amazing. Oh, that's a All right, here's a question. If you could turn one game into a musical... Oh, oh. <laughs> shit. Oh, um, that would be that's a good question. That's um, a great question. Imagine and, playing and a game. I would be very surprised if you don't answer, for Jamie, what I would imagine you would answer. Jonesy, you, I, I don't know what you would choose. I don't, hang on now. Now you're making me second guess myself because my I've got my a good one. well, my first thought was like, okay, uh, is it uh, sh- should we be taking something that's a a project a product that's completely removed from all musical inspiration to begin with, so they have to musicify non musical elements, or do you take something that's um, a little bit more in that area already? So the first thing that popped into my head was The Artful Escape, which is basically oh. like tailor-made to be a musical. And of course, like the production design would be very expensive and very extravagant, but yeah. The Artful That's Escape would almost cool. be a would be a better musical than a video game in some yeah. respects. Yeah. Um, another thing that popped into my head, and I'm not sure if this is just because it's never been translated into another form of media yet, and I think it absolutely should be, but something in the Bioshock or Bioshock Infinite kind of region. I think the only reason I'm saying that is because I always remember that sort of barbershop quartet cover of God Only Knows that they used for Bioshock Infinite, and it's like imprinted in my brain. There's that. And that, then the obvious one. great settings. What, what's yeah. nice about that is you can get the spectacle as well. If you, especially if you talk about Bioshock Infinite, you can get like Songbird involved. Totally, you know, totally. That's what you want in, in the musical. It's not just the songs, but it's the spectacle as well. Yeah. And then I'll just throw it there because they seem somewhat obvious, like, I think that at some point we're going to have to come to terms with a musical interpretation of Mario and Sonic <laughs> separately, not like Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, the musical. Like No, that one specifically. <laughs> um, I, I'd probably go and see that. I, Chris, I would have thought, I, well, I thought that Jamie would have said Doom. 
Oh, a a Doom musical would be great. Especially when you think of like, okay, so obviously they kind of had a falling out with Mick Gordon, but when he was like making the music for Doom Eternal and he said, yeah, I'm putting together a demonic choir. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I would like to see a demonic choir in a musical. That'd be pretty cool. Pretty, pretty I cool. think maybe a little bit of Near Automata. There's a lot of great music in that game, a lot of very big sort of like choral elements. I'm thinking about that one ending that I liked very much and we talked about all the time at All Time Gaming, like the reveal of a big choir for that, oh, with the credits, that specific yeah. ending, yeah, would be very yeah. cool. Go on, so, so J- Jamie's picked about eight games. Chris, what would you go for? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, it, it is very, very hard. I think I'd probably go um, Final Fantasy VII. Oh, that's okay. a great shout, yeah. Easy. Easy. Um, yeah. As Jamie mentioned, like you'd imagine the Mario's and the Sonics. Like I would say specifically Super Mario Galaxy, because that music. <laughs> it would be the hardest one to do, but it would be very fun if they managed to find a way to do it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm just trying to think. Like, it's hard, man. Like. A God of War one actually could be pretty sick. Like especially with the oh. oh, oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. The style of music would be cool, right? It would be all that sort of like old, like Norse storytelling kind of music would be good. Yeah, yeah, cool, man. And they could do some cool shit with like, you know, if you think of like just creative stage direction with like the Leviathan, Leviathan axe, and all that shit. And especially when uh, a little bit of spoiler territory, but it's a fucking old game, so who cares? Um, when when Kratos has the the vision from fucking who is it? Is it Athena? It is. It, Athena, is yeah, it? yeah. Then the most recent one where she's like sort of like taunting like the statue. Him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As the statue in the, oh, in the doorway, right. like that yeah, shit could doorway. be like that. That shit could be sick in a fucking musical, dude. Yeah, for sure. I've got, I've got I, a good one. Okay, so <laughs> I keep getting ideas. That's why. That's why. Okay, just imagine, right? With a musical, you want, like you said, you want spectacle. You want different locations. You want different car, like people that can come in, different like types of people, all that sort of stuff. Hitman, the musical, would be wicked. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, yeah, I can, yeah. I can imagine, imagine that. Agent Forty Seven, like walking down the stairs in some fancy casino, singing a song, and you've got like the people spinning around and dancing and singing, and it fit, and like nearly every song ends with him stabbing someone or garroting them, or like halfway through the song, like everyone's dancing and singing, and then he's in the background just like smashing someone in yeah. the head. With so it's almost hand. like a Sweeney Todd kind of kind of style, right? Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I think that'd be quite cool. Yeah, yeah, I could see it. I could see it. Uh, yeah. surely there's got to be some sort of like Metal Gear Solid that was the on one of the ones I was going to say is like how I don't know how you turn those codec conversations into songs but if they manage to have those people singing those conversations back and forth that'd be great I would the other thought that came into my mind was kind of doing something that was a bit of a musical but also had these like high wire sort of Cirque du Soleil style performers and doing like a like a what are they called a um a, something I forget the name of the, 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 the it's like a stylish action game like a Devil May Cry or a Bayonetta oh, but right, using yeah. like Cirque du Soleil style like oh, fucking yeah, gymnasts to fucking fly around yeah mm, nice nice well hey cool. I think um, anyone out there if you're in musical theatre and you want to use some one of our ideas <laughs> one of our ideas hit us up uh, you can buy the um, the rights to any of these musicals for uh, low low fee because they haven't been written um, anyway <laughs> let's move on um, see Chris what have you been playing this week or oh, seeing or mate. doing, in fact? I, I've, I haven't been playing much, uh, you know, 
<laughs> as is the the traditional thing. We're all on we're all on pause. We're all yeah. Waiting. Well, I, I haven't even had time to kind of like stream this week. It's kind of been a little bit mental. But um, I've been playing Vampire Survivors because that's an easy game to kind of like dip in, dip out of. Uh, I think I've come to the end of that. I, we mentioned it in the um, the Patreon podcast that we just recorded, so I'm not going to go delve too much into it. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Boba Fett, the Book of Boba Fett on Disney Plus, mm. and. Um, I'll tell you what, that series as a whole is really shit. <laughs> but, oh, the last, but the last two episodes were awesome. And the reason they were awesome is because they weren't about Boba Fett. They were about the Mandalorian. Right. Yeah, I, I heard I, about I, this. Do you know what? I was just going to say, is it, isn't it just like a weird new Mandalorian? It looks pretty. No, no, it's it's ilk. so shit. Honestly, it's like right, just the shit. Like, a shit Mandalorian. Wow. Okay, yeah, like, you, you know, we. I, I mean, it would need to have you guys to watch it at some point but to do a spoiler cast on that would be so good uh it's still going like there's still episodes coming up so can't i don't want to speak too much about it but like yeah like the last two episodes were good because they weren't about boba fett <laughs> did you Jesus. Try, did, i don't know if you guys saw it this week we're not really going to talk about it this week but um the halo trailer did you guys watch it yeah i did watch it yes i i got seriously strong mandalorian vibes from that as well i just thought it looked shit um, <laughs> it didn't look good it no, did it didn't look, look good. good. It looked really bad. It, it was all the the sort of fears I had after that original teaser trailer where it's like something about the Halo aesthetic isn't translating to this show, yeah. even down to like what Master Chief looks like. It doesn't matter how accurate that armor is. He just doesn't look like he fits in the world they've created. And everything about this new trailer just cemented those fears, regrettably. Yeah, right. Yeah. And obviously I'm, Cortana's I'm still... the thing that people are dunking on, but oh, there's, yeah. there's bigger problems. I'm still gonna. I'm still gonna watch it. Crack the first episode, just kind of get into it, right? But yeah, yeah, um, sure. I'll, yeah, I'll give yeah. it a shot. Maybe. Can, can, can I give you just a very quick kind of like headline of my gripe with Boba Fett? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is why is it that we always have to have a backstory and motivation and continuation of things that don't need to have backstories or motivations or continuations? Like Boba Fett was cool because he was a badass that you never fucking knew much about, and he died. I think, do you know why right. I think they do it is because if they don't do it, they're worried that every person talking about it will go, they don't really round out the character. He's just like one note and he's just, they don't tell you anything about his backstory. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm Jonesy, like, he I'm died. Like, I don't need to know that. I don't need to know that shit. But he died in the film. Like you don't need, like you, first of all, you don't need to bring him back. And second of all, if you do bring him back, fucking do him justice. Don't fucking do what you did with him in this. And, and, the they, yeah. and there's something to be said for the Mandalorian itself in saying like, hey, you could take like the idea of that character and just create a different character where it doesn't right, have yeah, any yeah. of the baggage and you've got free fucking reign to do what you want to do. But and that's what worked. There's also a part of me that has felt like I've observed, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I've just you know got the wrong end of the stick, but from a distance I've seen this weird fascination around Django Fett and Boba Fett and bounty hunter-like characters from Star Wars fans, where it felt like the word for a long time was hey, great, Jedis are cool, we love exploring the the idea of the Jedis against the Sith, but these dudes are actually the ones that are really cool. And every time someone wants a Star Wars game or pitches a dream Star Wars game, it's, what if they made a third-person action-adventure game where you played as a bounty hunter? And I feel like everyone's heard that elevator pitch now yeah. for a, yeah. a, a billion yeah. times, no matter how many times someone's tried to make that game and it's been cancelled at various stages of development. And now, like, the archetype of that character is getting his own show I, and I, from what I gather, it doesn't maybe hit all the notes that people who would have wanted that kind of show uh, would have wanted to be hit, and maybe that's the problem. But at the same time, I, 
I can kind of see why they ended up looping back around to a character like that. Like, for someone who could be so irrelevant and forgettable, fans did seem to latch onto him. Yeah. Right? Weirdly so, yeah, because he really did not feature very much in the original stuff. Yeah. But yeah, like, it's just like... Wasn't there weird more lore around him, though, after the fact, like with people doing their own stories about him and like comics about him and all that sort of stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. There there was that kind of like extended universe thing that they... When Disney took over, they said, "Yeah, that that's not canon." Yeah, they retconned all of that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then, is, is the actor that plays Boba Fett in this? Is it the actor who plays Boba Fett's dad in yes. the new trilogy? Yes, Django. Yeah. yeah, Django Fett. Yeah. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, ja- yeah. But he played. Yeah, it's the same actor. Yeah, it's the same guy. Mm. Yeah, because the idea was that Boba Fett was is a clone, an, right? a clone, but a specialized clone that aged normally, whereas the other clones. He's like the archetype for the clones, right? That's He's the, yes. for the thing they use to build them all from. Well, then that Correct. makes no sense yeah. to me because then surely all of the clones are Bubba Fett as well. Django Bubba. Fett. They're all Django <laughs> Fett. Bubba Fett. Bubba Ray Fett. But then so all the clones are Django Fett and they're Bubba Fett as well. They're all the same. Like they're Yes. So That's how clones work traditionally. Exactly. Yeah. So then it's not that special but, then, is it? Well, no, so... <laughs> he's run of the mill. Okay. No, he's not because no Boba Fett's not because he was a kid. He's purebred, but all the other clones are Django Fett, basically. Yes, all the other clones are like high. They they went through like this process of like making making those clones develop to proper age, like super fast. Yes, but they didn't do that with Boba, and then Boba was trained directly with Django, whereas the rest were kind of trained by the I forget what the alien names were but anyway whatever and funny enough as big as a Star fucking Star Wars Lord, as big like... as a Star Wars nerd as I am I know that like there's holes in what I said and someone's gonna fucking call me up but fucking whatever oh but it's also yeah. so boring like Star Wars lore is like some of it some of it is boring but a lot of it is fucking fascinating and that's why people love it do you know what's cool lightsabers <laughs> that's what's cool you know what else is they cool? are pretty rad bounty hunters <laughs> they are cool as well Dog. Uh, mm. But yeah, Dog anyway, uh, the last kind of thing to catch up on is uh, I played some Death's Door, fellas, because it's obviously on Game Pass now. I took the plunge. Have, have nice. either of you tried it yet? No, no, not at all. I, um, like I said, I'm a th- this was one of uh, four games I bought simultaneously <laughs> on the Epic Game Store before it was announced to be arriving on Xbox Game Pass. And because I've had a desire to finish games like Cyberpunk, which I'm really yeah. dragging out now. Um, I have yet to move on to any of them, but Death Door is amongst them. Yeah, right. Fair. Ah, oh, gosh, Death Door. What you know? What I'm going to say to you. What? Why was that? I can't gauge that reaction at all. I, it's not clicking with me, mate. Like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. It's I, and, and disappointingly so because on, on the surface you'd think like, yeah, that's good, but yeah, it's just something about it is just not clicking, and it's like every time I try and jump back in, I'm just like, ah, oh, it's. It's not what part of it is is kind of you know are you not it's it's tough to put grabbed fi- by yeah it's tough to put my finger on it I don't know like it's slightly boring um I think the combat is like very simplistic and repetitive which to be fair I knew that going into it from various reviews uh, mm. but I think that mixed in with the or you know maybe I got to go further into it but then again like. You need to say to yourself, like, if the game doesn't fucking grab you, the game doesn't grab you. Like saying, like, yeah. oh, it gets better halfway through. Like that doesn't really. No, totally. Yeah, that's that's. Bu- that's I, that was a terrible argument when you're like yeah. saying I want to give up on a game, and someone's like, it does get better. You're like, 
you re- I think you I mean I'm saying this hey you realize that as you become an adult you guys even more so being fathers and husbands like that just doesn't pass the litmus test anymore and there was an argument that on Twitter <laughs> yeah, this week that. funny that an argument <laughs> yeah. on Twitter um around dying like two where a, a journalist called Patrick Klepik yeah um, okay he said um hey like seeing as the embargo's up I just wanted to let everyone know I play like 13 hours of Dying Light 2 and the way that that game sort of like progression systems unravel and the rate at which you unlock things, I think it's too slow for me. and I don't think I'm having enough fun for the amount of time I put in and I'm kind of falling off. And one guy uh, replied like, oh, playing 13 hours of Dying Light 2 is like watching the opening scene of a movie. You've barely scratched the surface. (laughs) And and it's just one of those things where like, if we're gatekeeping around like, especially gigantic open world video games now, where someone can't make a decision after 13 hours to say, hey, I'm not having enough fun for my time and I'm done. Like, bro, if you're not having enough fun after two hours of a game like Dying Light 2, then say, hey, it's not for me and move on. Like there's more games out there. Yeah. Although there there is an element to be said, like, but you are a game reviewer, right? No, he's not though. He's a he's a journalist, but he was he's not reviewing it. He just gave oh, us right. thoughts. So on he Twitter. wasn't reviewing oh, the game. No, no, oh, he's not. He's no. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I should if his assignment was to review it on behalf of a website, that would be very different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd like to think at least. But yeah, yes. like I I think I saw it from one of the. It might have been Jeff Gersman to be honest, or maybe it was Jeff Grubb, um, saying that the gay that game in particular is very much. Um, it's almost like they've tailored the progression system for that. <laughs> He's joking, obviously, but like it feels like the progression system is tailored to a 500-hour playthrough because things just fucking <laughs> drip feed through to you. Mm, there was, a, there yeah. was a weird thing in that game as well because obviously you had minor controversy where um, Techland came out and said, yeah, 500 hours, and then they re-clarified and were like, oh, it's 80 hours. Um, and then they sort of came out again and said, "Okay, look, it's twenty hours to finish the main campaign, uh, eighty hours to do every, you know, to do like a, a good solid run through and do a lot of the side quests, and it's five hundred hours to finish everything and get every ending, like yeah, like hundred percent, yeah." But then a whole bunch of people have come out and have said that game is not twenty hours long to finish the main campaign. They're like, it is, it is like thirty five, forty, fifty five, something like that hours. It's like mm. get up there if you if yeah. you're someone who wants to do side quests. And I know I'm awful for like grinding on side quests in order to like get in, get through a game you know i do that all the time so um yeah. it's a long ass game as well so it's um i think if, if you want someone to uh, just a journalist <laughs> as well not even a reviewer to like not only commit 13 hours and say i don't think it's for me you're like no stick with it for the full 50 and then, <laughs> and then come yeah. back and say yeah i was right Fucking i didn't up. like it <laughs> like jesus christ yeah that, that's like saying that's like saying like with um like death stranding like yeah stick to the fucking it's 60 to 80 hours that you got to fucking play that game just walking across uh, yeah. America. Like, come on. See, fuck, like, like, it's like those things can be true, but you just can't, like, phrase them or position them in such a way where it's like an instruction, right? It can be yeah. true that things improve over a course of time. Like, a game could peak at the 50-hour mark, but that doesn't mean you can, like, try and tell people that that's how much they need to play before they can yeah. have an opinion on but, it. But I also feel that, like, in the lead-up to that point... There needs to be enough to kind of say to you, like, hey, here are the seeds that you should identify will grow into this thing that you are going to like, right? Whereas mm. I think with yes. Death's Door, I don't know, I'm just having a really fucking, like, it, it has not grown on me. There are no, there are no seeds. Mm. I mean, there are literal seeds in the game that you plant to recover <laughs> oh, health. But okay. yeah, just, I don't know. And, and, and maybe it's a case of like, 
maybe it's just where we're at at the release cycle in terms of saying like, hey, uh, Shifu's going to come out and Elden Ring and it's just like, who cares? Best yeah, totally. Like, and it, it, it's, a, it's a shame, personal shame to me because it is a game that I was looking forward to and I, wa- I wanted to like it. Like, just yeah. didn't, just didn't, just didn't work out. Yeah, well, I think I mean, so many games these days, and they're so long often, and they cost so much. I think you you need to know when you it's right time to say, I'm not that into it. Yeah, especially as people who, you know, no matter how many people watch or listen to it, we do put ourselves out there every week on a podcast talking about games and talking about new releases and being somewhat in touch with the industry and what's happening. And I think sometimes I don't know if you two suffer with this, but I do suffer from this weird thing of feeling like I have almost a responsibility to know about or have touched or have played certain things. And I think sometimes I conflate that sort of responsibility to play something with an actual desire to. And like yeah. I remember last year, I mentioned I bought a bunch of games on Epic during their winter sale. One mm. of the games I bought was Inscription because it was sort of came out of nowhere as a bit of an indie hit and was well-received in some corners and ended up winning some you know pretty decent awards like you know Game of the Year in certain publications but no, nothing I've ever seen or heard or read about that game, even the potential intrigue that lies beyond that first act, has yeah. ever really made me interested in playing it for the sake of playing it. I've been interested in playing it for the sake of having played Inscription and being able to say, I played Inscription and it's yeah. not for me. Yeah. Same with yeah. like Outer Wilds. Like I bounced off Outer Wilds three times because I was determined <laughs> to not be the guy that hated Outer Wilds. But in the end, I was the guy who didn't get it. Like, And that's yeah. just that's my role. <laughs> that's maybe it seems like that's our role. Like that's the maybe. super show role. Like, it's not fucking getting game. Um, but yeah, it's like, but I, I I totally get what you mean. But I think like last year was the straw that broke the camel's back for me in terms of stuff like that. Like I just I do not live the lifestyle that where I can be directly involved with a lot of the things that we cover. So it's more like just kind of. Per- be involved in them on the periphery than like directly right. on them. Uh, but I, I try, I dabble, I dabble and I try and it's just, yeah, it, it's a no from me, dog. <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, no, fair enough, dude. Um, well, with that, uh, I think it's probably time to talk about the one and only news story that we're going to touch on um, this week, which is, of course, Sony buying Bungie for reported $3.6 billion. Um which, of course, isn't a reaction to Microsoft uh, buying Activision Blizzard, which a lot of people sort of said, like, Sony have rushed out and done this because they want to buy uh, they want to buy something as well. But, I mean, this must have been in the works for a, a decent amount of time. It yeah. is interesting, though, isn't it? Because um, it kind of maybe is the start of something, I think, if, um, you know, EA, uh, Microsoft are making moves now, Sony's making moves. It's definitely not going to be the last purchase, I think, that we see. No, and, and yeah. uh, Jeff, Jeff Keighley even came out on Twitter saying, like, this is not the... Not the last thing you're going to hear about this year. Uh, yeah. I, have, I have a theory as well. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's, let's hear it. Uh, let, and let's see if you are the Nostradamus that I am. <laughs> Microsoft have bought Activision Blizzard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sony have bought Bungie. Yeah. Okay. So what? It's alphabetical. <laughs> They're moving their way it's, through the alphabet. It's Capcom. Capcom could be next. Yep. Could be. Um, but who's buying Capcom, Sony or Microsoft? Oh, it's Microsoft is going to go one, then the other. They're going to go Microsoft. Bro, Sony, Microsoft, if, Sony, Microsoft if, if it goes, if Microsoft buy Activision and Capcom and Sony have sat there with Bungie, that, that's a 
the scales are not that even on that. But That's yeah, because maybe. Sony are waiting to get to uh, the E's before they can buy EA. Yeah. Yeah. I also love the idea that Microsoft are like having that deal investigated for whether or not it's you know fair play and uh, yeah. whether or not they're creating yeah. a, um, a monopoly and all that. And during that investigation, they're like, we bought Capcom as well. Sorry. <laughs> like, uh, oopsie. Whoops. That, that yeah. would, yeah, that would slightly make everything a little bit more difficult, wouldn't it? Then they're hoping that Sony makes some more purchases so that they can say, see, we're not a monopoly. They keep buying things as well. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But um, look, let's touch on a few of the uh, the factual points before we sort of uh, chat about a bit further because, um, so like I said, the deal's come, come along at $3.6 billion, um, But Bungie has Does it, Doesn't done that sound a, like chump change now? Does sound like chump change. Yes, absolutely. Like, like it's almost like, certainly fucking not. $65 billion, was it for um, Activision Blizzard? Was it 65 69 69. Of course it was 69. They couldn't resist. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Bungie did a little bit of a Q&A because, of course, as soon as you say that um, Bungie getting bought, everyone freaks the hell out because they start thinking that Destiny 2 is going to go PlayStation only. Um, so Bungie came out and sort of would just try to uh, um, put off some of the, those fears and they said that they are they are being bought by Sony, but they are still going to be independent. They are still going to be cross-platform. They're still going to have everything releasing onto... Um, uh, well, they didn't specify platforms, but they said they will be a multi-platform um, like games company, which yeah. is maybe selective language. It means that they might, you know, they might pick and choose as to where those games appear, and they might not be on every console and every mm-hmm. you know place you would expect. But it looks good for people at the moment. Um, they're effectively. It's weird. It's like they've said that they're not really being bought. They're just getting the lovely Sony money and they're carrying on as they are, which is kind of strange. Uh, I, yes. I, it's, I think they're just kind of taking a pay. It's going to sound weird, but I think they are being probably correctly influenced by Xbox and how Xbox have been dealing with some of their acquisitions in terms of saying like, hey, we're just here as kind of like your big brother. We've got the money, we've got the resources, and we've got the know-how and we're going to help you out. Like you look, you look at what they did with... Um, Double Fine, for instance, a lot of the stuff that Double Fine benefited from being purchased by Xbox had nothing to do with like the game that they're making, but more just like the access that they had in terms of like they were able to give like a whole lot more accessibility options, as an example, like a stupid example, sure. But it's like stuff like moving that company onto Xbox's HR, for instance, and payroll and stuff like that. Like that's where the benefits come in. Um, obviously they could be a lot more hands-on and I'm sure there are a lot more hands-on with certain studios over other studios. But I, I think Sony are looking at this and they're saying like, hey, you know, th- this is maybe the way to go for right. this particular studio. Not silent, but almost silent partner as opposed to trying to really steer the ship, take, take the reins kind of thing. Yeah, the, the, the best thing you could do with certain companies is give them the backing to do the thing that they do best, Right. And if you think of like Activision Blizzard as an example, what Activision did was destroy Blizzard by not letting Blizzard do what Blizzard do best. Right. And instead trying to make Blizzard do what Activision do best, which doesn't work for Blizzard. And that's why Blizzard is in the state that it's in. It's also quite clever because um, Sony, with all their first party stuff, do have a bit of a hole that Destiny two would fit quite nicely into um and you know yeah. what bungie do best is is that kind of like 
um, a service games, first-person shooter kind of thing, which is a hole in PlayStation's roster at the moment. So maybe that fills that quite nicely. And they've also said that going forward, um, Bungie will be making 10 live service games by 2026. Which um, I think I think that's a Sony thing, not a Bungie thing. Oh, sorry, that's yeah. Sony, that would be that would be a lot of games for one studio to make in four I, years. I did think that. So no, sorry, Sony, not specifically Bungie. Um, but that is that's something obviously that they they can really push. Like Bungie can maybe help Sony with because if you look at Sony's first party stuff, they they more like obviously uh, story yeah. driven. And um, yeah, well, and when it comes to live ongoing service games, especially on home consoles as opposed to just being on PC, you know, Bungie have slowly positioned themselves as being one of the most experienced developers in the world when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. When it comes to creating one centralized hub for content, when it comes to releasing free and paid expansions, when it comes to updating or patching a games, whether that's, you know, d- updates have to be downloaded by the end user or are delivered through server and, and so on and so forth. Like Bungie have grown to get a lot of experience for that stuff. And in fact, it's interesting. I was listening to a podcast earlier and they made a funny observation that um, if you go back to the development of Destiny and Bungie getting used to and getting to grips with those mechanics, uh, there's a great story in Jason Trier's first book where he talks about how uh, under the Activision banner at the time, ironically, Bungie had to work with and learn a lot from the Diablo 3 team to get to grips right. with making a live service game. And, <laughs> and it is somewhat funny now that now the Diablo team and the Diablo franchise exists under Activision, now under Microsoft and Xbox, and now Bungie exists under Sony. Yeah. Um, but I suppose Bungie are one of those companies that have worked with and been owned by so many companies in the past, it was bound to get incestuous at some point. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly, like, yeah. It's a bit like a Hollywood romance where someone's had a kid with someone and is married to someone and then they get divorced and get with someone else who's been with someone else. It all gets a bit weird. It's very strange. Um, it, it's one thing I think, though, about this because they're saying that they're not really going to be you know, messed around with too much by Sony. They're going to stay independent. That doesn't really... That, I suppose, doesn't take account of how much pressure like whoever owns you can put on you almost in the background, though, does it? Like, when it comes to hiring when it comes to maybe just suggesting that certain people like get put into the business i do wonder if there'll be a little bit of that kind of pressure from sony that hey if you need a new whatever a high up role it is and then you put a a few friendly people in at high places even though you don't have any direct control you can definitely have some kind of like sort of shadow control if you like which they've got to be looking for to some degree right yeah it's the it's the honeymoon phase isn't it like we we've experienced this firsthand where there's a little bit of a merger or a takeover of some some kind and hey everyone smiles and handshakes and promises and hugs and good intentions yeah. and over time like that that narrative changes for whatever totally. reason right and this to be expected like like it, it, uh, culture is before, sorry Jamie just to interrupt uh, culture is a big thing uh, between right. companies especially when companies are kind of like being merged or uh, bought over, uh, purchased, whatever it is. And cultural fits, like, it, it's a big reason why some things work and some things don't. And <laughs> last thing I'm going to say is I can't wait for Jason Trier's third book where he talks about <laughs> the failure yeah. of all of this stuff going on that we're talking yeah. about now. No, you know, cultures are fascinating because, like, again, we've sat in a room with people who have told us that they love our culture, they admire our culture, they may be even envious of our culture only to then, in one way or another, directly or indirectly, change that culture. I think that's just <laughs> the na- that's just the nature of the beast when it comes to the these two at one time separate entities coming closer together um, and one slowly infecting the other in 
And infecting suggested something malicious, like a fucking parasite or something. It doesn't have to be. These um, kind of relationships can be harmonious. And I think there are some positives here in the early wording for Bungie. These are things that Sony are saying outright that Microsoft have not said outright about companies like Bethesda and Activision and all the studios that fall under those banners. But at the same time, like I think, like what Jonesy was just hinting at, and I don't know what form it will take, there is still something in this deal where I'm like, there's a there's a grand plan, there's a master plan somewhere here that the full scope of which isn't being revealed. Because fundamentally, you do not buy Bungie, you didn't spend $4 billion on anyone to just say, yes, Bungie are going to keep making Destiny 2, they're going to keep making it um, as a multi-platform game, they're going to remain independent, and that's that. Like, yes, it adds to technically their flock of studios and, you know, the IP that they now own. And it's another studio under their banner that is doing the kind of the live service games that they want to explore more in the future. But at the same time, like, no no company ever just buys a company to have them keep operating the exact same yeah. way indefinitely. That there's There has to be an asterisk it, in there. It, it's got to be for their expertise for games as a service. And they're looking at that. Like, that's that's their juicy hook that's like the future that they haven't moved into yet really isn't it that's that's what they want to add to their yeah to their but, the, but like what does that does that like look like all of a sudden a major like a, another first party sony studio like naughty dog or a gorilla or a sucker punch or an insomniac i'm making something and it's co-developed by bungie and what Maybe. that means is like a fraction of the bungie workforce are working with that other studio to help get those live service or multiplayer hooks in in to be fair, that, Jamie, they have enough of a workforce because they have well, 900 yeah. employees, don't they? And effectively, it, they make yeah. one game. So, it blew my mind when I saw it. I, I, I had to, I, it's one of those ones where looking at Wikipedia wasn't enough. I had to click on the little number next to that number to go down to the bottom of the Wikipedia page and see, found the article that it was linked to. For the so citation, I was like, yeah. Yeah, because I was like, what the, f- how yeah, the fuck? 900 employees for like one game and its expansion is kind of mad. We, we kind of did a, cursory kind of check but a, a, a company also owned by sony now insomniac games have just over 400 employees but then the, the amount of games that they're working on that kind of makes sense you know they're working on wolverine they're working on um uh, obviously spider-man 2 they mm-hmm. just finished up Ratchet and clank and whatever else they've got on the burner like it right exactly it's mad to think that bungee is that big yeah and even um, uh, Sucker Punch, who developed Ghost of Tsushima, at the time that Ghost of Tsushima shipped, they had around 150 employees. So you could scrape a, like a fraction of the employees off the top of Bungie, make them a second team, and have your own bona fide FPS studio with some of the best FPS chops in the industry. And that's a part of that Sony first party stable that isn't there yet at the moment. Yeah in spite of the fact that there are, and I'm not suggesting this is what they do rather than creating new IPs, but there are some dormant IPs in the in the PlayStation back catalogue, like Resistance, like Killzone, that haven't been touched for a while because there aren't any FPS studios around, in so much as there is such a thing as an FPS studio. Yeah, yeah. Um, is, do you think that, um, given Bungie's record with, um, like, how they've worked with people before. So I'm, I'm specifically thinking about Activision, right? They were with Activision for like nine years, I think. Um, and then they terminated the deal. Um, I think it was 2010 to 2019 because they, they said Jesus. that they had, basically they would, they had differing ideas about where Destiny was going and they decided yeah. to not carry on the partnership. So yeah. Activision... And- Activision wanted Destiny 3, basically, is what, what it came <laughs> right. down to, I think. Yeah, and Destiny and, and- 4 and Destiny 5 as a mm-hmm. yearly fucking release. 
Mm-hmm. Bun- Bungie basically said, hey, look, we have different ideas. We don't want to do what you want to do, and so we're better part ways. Do you think Culture, that's... Culture, baby. Like, do you think that's likely, uh, you know, in ten, within 10 years' time, we see that with Sony as well? Because that honeymoon period ends, and then Sony starts to sort of maybe... Yeah, well, it depends on the contract, about- right, Jonesy? Like, Bungie had this yeah, ironclad contract with Activision where they could walk out they could, yeah, with yeah. ownership of Destiny. Yeah. And I, I don't imagine that Sony would, would um, go for that. I mean, I, I don't know. We don't know the de- pure details of it, but I wouldn't imagine so. Yeah. Also, Bungie had a you know similarly awkward experience and departure from Microsoft just yeah. before Activision. And there's a part of you that again, I know companies and the you know their boards and the directors and so on don't operate like individual entities, so you can't treat their track record as something that should be consistent and as an entity that can learn from their mistakes. But you'd like to think that a company that has had high-profile departures from Microsoft and then Activision knows what they're going into and what they want from a relationship (laughs) with a company like Sony. And maybe that's not the case, but if there's another, like, unceremonious split in, like, six years, then I don't know what Bungie were thinking. (laughs) What is interesting as well, of course, um, I I think about this, is that... uh, and it's, it's a new way of thinking about games in general because when you talk about Bungie <clears throat> and you say that, hey, look, they've got 900 employees, they make one game, they make Destiny 2 at the moment, um, and it does sound kind of crazy, but actually when you look at all the expansions that have been released with Destiny, the way that they support the game, the new, you know, every, all the new stuff that they put into that, um, it's not one game, is it? It's a, it's a Goliath of uh, sort of like a something that's constantly being worked on, constantly being um, managed by people, constantly being run, so it is It is kind of, it feels weird to say that it's like a one-game studio, even if they're talking about, you know, releasing more games or um, another game coming up. I think what they, they're working on another IP at the moment, right? Or they're working on um, something there, else at the moment. There is something that was, because I think it was the Chinese company NetEase, right? Invested a, a fairly sum, large sum of money, nothing compared to what Sony have obviously paid for Bungie outright, but some amount of money into Bungie a handful of years ago. And I think the talk was that they were working on something with NetEase that made use of that uh, investment. It was in like mm-hmm. the it was like a hundred million dollars or something like that, or maybe it was in the hundreds of millions. I can't remember, but there was definitely talk around that. And I don't know what that means for the Sony deal or the the independence thing, the cross platform thing. Yeah, I don't know. It gets so bizarre these days with like cross pollination with um, you know, who what what deal have you already got with with another developer uh, a studio or like a platform so for example they've already come out and said like look all of the expansions for destiny 2 that we've said about are going to relaunch on the xbox like you're going to be able to play those crossplay is going to work nothing everything's going to be fine but then going out into the future obviously that's when it gets a little bit weird and you start to wonder how sony start to say well <laughs> one of the things i wonder in these sorts of things is are sony going to use leverage by the fact that they do have control some control you would expect over um Bungie and Destiny and all the you know people that play on Xbox will they use that rather than to to stop uh putting it onto the Xbox basically to pressure Xbox not to do it to them so when it comes to Xbox saying actually we're not going to release games on the PlayStation you then get Sony turning around and going hey man that's fine look if you don't want to um if you don't want to release some like uh, Blizzard games or whatever on the PlayStation, that's fine. We m- maybe we'll rethink about releasing the next expansion for Destiny um, onto yeah. the Xbox. I wonder if yeah, there's more but, of those. Yeah, but a, but scenes. Xbox are holding the cards. Yeah, you, the, if the that's moment, the plan, then cards. Sony have just brought a knife to a gunfight, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> like, well, what if you guys don't get Destiny? 
<laughs> at the moment, they've got their hand in their pocket, right? Because you don't know what Sony are going to do for the rest of the year. You don't know who else they're going to try and buy. But I do wonder if a lot of this is like posturing and just like positioning so that they can try and pressure each other in the console wars to come to say, look, let's not fuck around. Let's you put your games on my platform. I'll put my games on your platform. Yeah, yeah. We'll all make money. I mean that that's that's like one of the things of the the Cold War, right? I mean, actually, this may just may be me making it up, but it felt like it should be one of the things of the Cold War, right? Which is when everyone's got a nuclear weapon, the problem is if you use yours, they'll use theirs, yeah. and everyone just dies. Mad, it's such it's a, mutually yeah, mad, destruction. Mad, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's the hottest, the maybe there is a bit of that going on here, where it's like. But that said, again, like. <laughs> These things take a long time to figure out, and these companies will take a long time to to reveal their full hand when it comes to what they're going to do with the studios and the publishers that they're purchasing. I think Phil and Mike's... I love that I'm a first-name terms with them. Dr. Spencer <laughs> and Microsoft's plans for the at least the short-term impact that he wants these acquisitions to have on, on Xbox's plans makes sense. He just wants to make Game Pass as an essential, a, um, an essential element of the a modern gamer's package as he possibly can. All the way down to one point that we didn't actually even discuss that episode, I think. I think it was you and I, Jonesy, talking about it at the time. And we never even mentioned the possibility of Game Pass on PlayStation, which mm. some, I know some people right. in like the comments and stuff like that have reminded us of. Like, who maybe Phil's aiming for that. And I don't know what Sony's plan is as a rebuttal at the moment, or even if there is a plan for a rebuttal. Because I think... Well, again, this time last week, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, most of us kind of agreed that Sony were still pretty cool just being themselves. Like, they didn't feel like the Activision thing had scuppered anything they were working on. The idea that uh, acquiring Bungie is like them now, you know, saddling up for an arms race, I don't buy it just yet. I still think this could be like a strategic thing that Sony had an eye on and have plans for beyond the Microsoft battle, if you will. Yes, it's, it's a strange thing as well because, um, like, I know you hate this, Jamie, but um, when you look at, like, companies, obviously they have to look ahead, like, 10, 20 years, however long. You have to also wonder if they're thinking about, like, the end of consoles in general, like, as a hardware, and then you think of more about it as a service thing. So maybe they are, in some sense, thinking about the far future, all of uh, Microsoft and Sony, and thinking, hey, in 10, 20 years' time, when there are no consoles, we do want IP, we do want to have the sole control of, like, the Netflix as a service sort of thing, when you've got the Sony service, when you've got the Xbox service, how does that function? And you want to have your hands on, like, some big names, some big titles. So maybe at the moment it doesn't matter. It's like, oh, I don't give a shit if it's on the Xbox. I don't give a shit where it is at the moment because we're positioning ourselves for that future that may come, whenever yeah. it does come. And, of course, that would explain all the massive acquisitions that Google have made in the last 24 months. Mate, it will come. It will come. Yeah, it will Stadia, come, yes. Stadia's going to take off, for sure. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the the team that literally just shut down their internal team that was entirely designed to make games for their platform, um, yeah, they're definitely uh, saddled up for the future. Oh, well, you man. know, we'll see. Crazy. Anyway. Should we move on from Bungie? Should we, start, should we talk about some games that we know are definitely coming out? Not yes, let's the sky. You can't, how, hang on. That's let's the, finish last week's podcast. Also, I love the confidence that Jonesy just said, like, we, should we talk about games that we know are coming out next year? <laughs> like, th- most of these won't be. Yeah, like, well, majority yeah, of them were like, unknown, unknown, unknown. <laughs> yes, but, oh, well, actually, what's funny is since we recorded part one last week, um, we already know that one of the games we were going to talk about isn't coming out as been bumped to 2023. Yeah, fucking so Suicide Squad. There we go. Yes. Fucking hell, yeah. Not gonna be and what, they, they put out that trailer at the Game Awards in December, literally like two months ago, being like, yeah, 2022, boys. 
you know, go, get ready. If you go back and you listen to what I said about that trailer, I had some questions. I was like, this does not seem like a, a, there's a game that I can exactly imagine what it is yet. This is yeah. not like... It was, well, yeah, there were yeah, definitely questions yeah. around it. I think the thing that I was confused by is that, hang on a second, why are we seeing more Suicide Squad before we see more Gotham Knights? And why does the Suicide Squad trailer have a date on it, but the Gotham Knights trailer doesn't? And now the whole thing's been flipped reversed. And Gotham Knights will probably come out this year after all. So. Well, Should we talk about the Belfry? Uh, we actually don't know. <laughs> we don't know, but probably. Yeah, the, I, I think with a lot of the games we're going to talk about, the, the, the ever ominous asterisk is going to be there, right? Like, could be. Yes, exactly. Like anything that doesn't have a concrete date inside the next two to three months is, an, is eligible for fucking vanishing off into the ether. Man. Like, uh, I'm still convinced that God of War is the most definite one, which is going to be pushed for absolutely. Mate, I mean, coming, who- out, com- coming out in May. Don't know what you're talking about. Should we talk about? <laughs> let's talk about first of all one game which I think is probably going to get pushed because it's 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 ripe for the pushing, which of course is Starfield, which is supposed to be coming out in November. Um, yeah, like I mean, I think it's it's one of those. Do you know what? It, I know it's too easy to invoke, but when you say space based RPG, I mean, who you've got to think of Star Citizen to some degree, right? And even <laughs> and Starfield has been a name which has been talked about for such a long time. At the moment, I think any date that you try and attach to it is always going to be a little yeah. bit in the sky. I mean, at, at the time that they announced it, we were so fucking surprised that they actually slapped on a fucking date. Yeah. Like to be fair, it could be as tentative as possible. I mean, eleventh of November. Like that's kind of saying like that's about as far as you can push a release date in in, in like I know it it felt like someone in that marketing department said you know what sounds cool eleven eleven twenty two because eleven plus mean. eleven equals twenty two someone was just like fuck it like we don't know when this game's going to come out but that sounds like a pretty cool thing to flaunt for the next year but, so but then let's announce a release yeah. date eighteen months early on the other hand and again it's something that I don't really. It's, it's never really brushed me the wrong way, but it's not like it's not like Bethesda have any issues releasing a game in a don't say it less than ideal state. You know, no. <laughs> you know, all, like, all with all with a fast If there's ever around. a dev that is like, hey, let's just fucking get it out on the date that we say we get it out. Fucking bugs be damned. We like True. jank. We like jank. Yeah, <laughs> but I, it's part of the charm, baby. But then, Please okay, don't but, say that. But that side of it, the jank charm side, I do kind of get it. Like because in some senses, it's just a fat. It's just something that you have to deal with in that genre of game because they are so big and unwieldy and there's so much going on. I kind of get it. I'm like, yeah, it's not gonna be perfect, but yeah. at the same time, I don't think it'll be. Like, it's, they're not gonna push it because they say, oh, there's a bit of jank there. Like you said, they would just put it out. But I feel like this is a different prospect. This is a 2022 space fairing like rpg like this is they need more time i just think they need more time yeah. but the trailer was cool man i was into the trailer yeah, like, yeah. It wasn't, i i think it's going to be cool but i didn't see much but it was it was cool yeah. to see it at I, least I, mm. I think i said it previously in podcast but i would imagine that it would be like a critically acclaimed game by um by the critics and that the general population probably won't be as hot on it i just kind of get that feeling i kind of feel like it's it's one of those games that's going to be like kind of divisive and maybe a little bit difficult for mainstream to kind of get behind 
I may maybe. be wrong because, like, what the fuck do we know about Starfield? <laughs> yeah, totally. Ner- nerds like me, like who like spacey games, will be all over it. Like, I will, I'll probably buy it, play it for about like twenty hours, and then never play it again because it's just too much, too big. There's too much going on. But maybe so the Bethesda effect. <laughs> yeah, the Bethesda. Effect. I, I, I think the key thing for me with Starfield, when it comes to knowing any of that stuff, whether it's for me or for anyone else, is that when June rolls around in four months' time and we get into E3 season and Bethesda have some kind of stream or showcase, yeah. and they show us gameplay for the first time, hopefully, fingers crossed, um, does it look like Fallout and Elder Scrolls? <laughs> uh, it, for me, for me, it's as simple as that. Does it look like that? Does it have that same control scheme? Is it those same fundamentals? And if it is, this becomes far more of a known quantity, and yeah. then it's just about the set dressing and the trimmings that will determine the other variables that we're discussing. If it's something completely new, that's the thing that's going to really fascinate me and make those questions harder to answer. Mm. Do you know what you'll see? The gameplay, I can already tell you exactly what you'll see, right? There'll, a, a sh- it'll be amazing. It will look fantastic. There'll be a ship flying through the atmosphere of a planet. It will rotate. It will come down, land and gear extend. The back of the ship will drop down like a little loading hatch. And then a character will walk out of the, the smoke and like walk down the little thing. And all of us will be so excited about how amazing this game is going to be. <laughs> then it will be cut to first person view of you come down the steps. Some NPC will run up to you like this with their eyes doing this. And then a little dialogue box will appear underneath you going like, I don't even know. Are you here to drop off my package? And then it'll be just pure jank. Hey, are you a girl or a boy? Or maybe something else? And and people will love it and they will lose their minds over it. And it will be a great game, but I feel like it will will be right at home with it. And it's not a good thing necessarily. Yeah, but it's oh, also man. not necessarily a bad thing. Like, it's there is not com- necessarily a bad thing. Either. There is comfort in that kind of like Bethesda style of fucking RPG that, like, there is. you know, yeah. Also, like, if you pretend seventy six never happened, it'll be like seven years since they've done one of these, right? Yeah, so, like, yeah. that's that's enough time to to make stuff happen, right? Oh yeah. my God. Am I crazy? My- one of my, I think about this regularly. One of my favourite things from Fallout seventy six is watching Steph and Jamie play on a live stream, and then at one point Jay, they go up to two guys and they go like, "Right, we're going to attack them," and they just start shooting them, and one of them just doesn't even respond to Jamie shooting him right in the face, and Jamie just goes, "Oh my god, he's a fucking idiot!" <laughs> and I was like, "That to me, there will be some of that in Starfield. There will be oh, some of that in Starfield, uh, guaranteed." Guaranteed. Yeah. But you know what? We're going to fuck it. We're going to gobble it up, fellas, because that's what we do. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Um, next, coming out in the 10th of Feb, Crossfire X, the campaign. Um, something which yeah. I'm pretty sure none of us will probably touch, even though it's absolutely massive. Yeah. And, and Crossfire is coming to Game Pass on console, I believe, but not PC. But I don't, yes. I, I don't know if that's the campaign or just the multiplayer I wasn't sure about that either. Either I was looking at that and thinking, hang on, like, what does that mean for... I don't know. The whole thing seems really strange. Yeah. Because the multiplayer's already, obviously, it's been out for a long time, isn't it? Yeah. Like, this yeah. is just... so, And, and it's like it's one of the largest multiplayer. fucking games in the world as well. That like Right. Yeah, huge. Because it's all in the East, right? Yes, yes. exactly that, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, fucking hell, we, we've said it before, like, like, how exciting it could be. The trailers look really good. It's obviously Respawn... Uh, no, Remedy. Remedy. Sorry, Remedy. Yeah. And, like, w- what is a first-person Remedy <sighs> campaign? Like, like it could be fucking hey, exciting, right? That's a very tantalizing question. The regrettable things that a lot of the, the noise I've heard so far, and take it with a pinch of salt, pre-release, 
is that Love the it. answer to the question is what does a remedy FPS look like is a uh, shit, Chris. So um, well, we'll know on the tenth seem... of Feb, which is like yeah, fucking it's, soon. It's it's not surprising though, is it? Like this, why do they get this? This happens every time. You get like a multiplayer online game, which is massive because it's a sandbox for people, for players to play each other in, and the mechanics and the and the maps and everything work, and people enjoy them. And then they go, my, my god, it's massively popular. Let's make this into a um, let's make this into a campaign. It'll be massive. Like, no, it won't. It's good because it's what it is. You can't just then take yeah. that. If if someone said to you there was a Fortnite campaign. Like a first person like Fortnite campaign coming out. Do you think it's going to be one of the greatest like uh, you know campaigns? No, it's going to be terrible. <laughs> like, of course it is. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? I, I think I, I think it's purely the fact that Remedy were involved in a yeah. weird kind of move. It's like, oh, what is this? And what what else is interesting is that like we got to remember like pre control like Remedy wasn't like they'd done Quantum Break, which was not great. It wasn't bad either, but it wasn't great. And and if this had come out after that, it probably would have been a bit of a shrug. But coming out after critically acclaimed control, it's kind of like, oh, you know, like remedies back on the up. Like, what are they? What can they produce here? Mm. Then anything it's fascinating. I think was, anything that I really liked about control is nothing that I would think would work in a in like a first person shooter kind of. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if perspective is enough to make me change my mind on what that studio is capable of. Not perspective, like the um, uh, if I'm thinking about all the first-person shooters I've played and the way those games function, like none of the things I liked about Control, like the environments, the eeriness, the storytelling, the um, the, the layouts of like the maze or that sort, of, like the, the those elements were my favourite elements. I don't I don't think. Do you know what was really cool? The shooting, how snappy that game felt, the way enemy attacked you, like all that stuff was the worst. Stuff I thought the shooting was cool. I, I thought it was, didn't really like it, but I but I love the game. I thought the game was great yeah. on the whole. But now, if yeah. you said to me, they're almost taking all the things I thought were the worst elements of Control, putting them in a first person. But, but, but maybe that's where this partnership on on paper seemed like it would have done well, right? Whereby maybe hey, Crossfire X as an FPS, they've got it nailed down because they've got the gun feel. They know they've exactly got the gunplay. Right, it, yeah, it's yeah, established yeah. already, and then it's like. Hey, Remedy, come and do a fucking campaign for us. Like the the story, the elements, the beats, you know, like all of that stuff. I must admit, I don't even know that. I know no lore about Crossfire X at all. Like I've got I'd, no idea about any of this. Because you're in the West. Fucking, no one South, knows. It's South Korean Counter-Strike, basically, right? Yeah. Like, oh, that's... okay, right, right, right. Yeah. Okay, weird, because Remedy, and, like if I think of Remedy, yeah, like you say, Quantum Break and um, Control, I always think of like not straight shooters. Yeah, in that sense, like even yeah. with the the, the story and, side, and it's even weirder. Like I don't know if you remember the kind of campaign, but it, it is almost like like Counter Strike meets almost like Metal Gear Solid ish kind of stuff. Like it, right, it's okay. bizarre. It's it's weird, and I, I'd love to kind of just unpack what order that is. Okay, not long to go. No, yeah, not, not long, long to go at all. Yeah. Feb. Uh, a release that we don't know about um, from the people who bought you Arc One. It's Arc Two. <laughs> Exciting. <laughs> you mean- Vin Diesel too. Vin Diesel, Vin Diesel too. Why is Vin Diesel in this? It's fucking strange. Do you know what though? You've in in asking that question, you've kind of answered it for me because the only reason we're talking about this is because Vin Diesel was in the trailer. Um, so there you go. That's why. But you know what the yeah. thing is? Like, obviously, Ark is not our kind of game, even though it's got a 
It's got fucking Alex Jones written all over it. I have tried to play it so many times. And do you know how far I get? I do some poops and I make myself some shit trousers and then I get killed with someone by a, with a stick and then I yeah. don't play anymore. Yeah, exactly. But this is what I'm saying. Like, we are not ARC people. But no. maybe if you're ARC people, Vin Diesel's a pre- pretty fucking cool deal packaged in with ARC 2. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> Am I right in thinking they brought in Vin Diesel for some kind of a single player component? Yeah, I or believe is- so, yeah. Okay. I'll be interested to see what that is, but yeah, the idea of Arc 2 being potentially just more Arc is like, well, that's the last thing I want right now. With all due respect to Arc people, as Chris said, we're not Arc people. So. <laughs> I think it's, yeah. it's, we're in a strange world now it's where the campaigns are there for people who don't have the time or the inclination to play the multiplayer aspect of a game long enough to experience everything it has. So what you do is you make a campaign which forces you through the story to experience those things so that maybe you stick with the multiplayer side of it for longer and then you get more into it because you're like, oh, if I stick with it, there's more to this game. Because if you played Arc 1 like I did for about eight hours and had a terrible time then you're not going to try and go back and stick with it it's not going to happen but i I also i was like don't you also kind of feel that like from an outsider's perspective at least like non-arc people looking in to the arc it's almost like what people like about that game is just like the mult like that that deeply ingrained multiplayer aspect of oh i'm building this fucking fort and i'm fucking doing the survival shit and you know, he has a cage for my raptors and shit. Dude, I don't know anything about ARK people. They are the strangest <laughs> gamers out there. Like, when I started playing ARK, the first time I ever played it, I was like, oh, it's uh, it's a... Um, oh, God, what's the, I didn't remember the name of the book. It's a... Ah, Jurassic Park. No, do you know what? Cast when I away. first played it, when I first played it, I thought it was more like one of the a Battle Royale game where it was um, the Hunger Games. That was it. It felt Hunger games oh, like the but there were dinosaurs in it. Well, there were dinosaurs in it. I was like, Hunger Games of Dinosaurs. And then now it's some Minecraft, <laughs> fort building, dinosaur riding, like you can tie people up and drag them back to your camp game. And I'm like, right. So, I mean, it's fucking weird. <laughs> so it's yeah. very strange. I think that's a good way of summing it up, to be fair. Yeah. Fucking yeah. arc two, move on. <laughs> Something I do know a lot more about because I played a lot more of it and makes more sense to me is Overwatch. Not really Ooh. sure why they're making Overwatch 2. I mean, I can kind of get why they're making Overwatch 2 because they're making Overwatch 1 and people like to <laughs> and then they can stick another name on it and they can sell more copies of that game. But, you know. Yeah, that, that, that's the Activision side. Yeah, literally. Right? You, you'd imagine. Um, but yeah, Overwatch 2 is a thing that's happening this year in a way because the Overwatch League is going to be playing on like a beta version of Overwatch 2. Right. And, but and you, does that and, mean... Yeah. The game won't be out this year for general consumers, or is that still possible well, too? I think it's probably likely, but right, like especially now with everything kind of changing over to Microsoft hands, like who the fuck knows anymore? But you'd imagine that like it would be kind of strange to have such a division of saying, "Hey, your Overwatch League," no, not the division. Uh, yeah. your, your Overwatch League, your, all your professionals are playing on Overwatch 2 and going through an entire like year season of it where it's going to need updates and balances, etc. to then not release it to the public. It's just kind of fucking bizarre. Um, yeah. And, and, and you can fucking take Diablo 4 into that as well to a lesser degree. But like it was Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4. Like those were the things. Unless the acquisition is like now Microsoft are 
you know, visiting the studios and popping their head around the corner and saying, hey, there's some money if you guys want it. And <laughs> and the Overwatch team and the, and the, I guess the Diablo team are both like, do you actually like a bit of time and a bit of money? That that sounds like a nice idea. Yeah. And maybe they both, you know, stretch their legs a little bit. I don't know. I, I, I would caution that I would say I could see Diablo 4 being pushed for that exact reason. But I'd imagine that Overwatch 2 is like, you got to get this over the line. Like have as right. have as much money you want to and time to support it, but like been a couple, you guys just need to fucking launch this thing now. It's been a couple of years, right? Since they since it was announced, it's been a yeah. decent amount of time. Oh, so it's, it's yeah, like, um, yeah, more than a decent it's amount be, of time. It's this been stage. a long time announced for, you know, what effectively is a PVE. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah that's exactly. Yeah, that's you know. exactly why I've still never been sold on it. And even the those PVE elements, every time I've tried to pay attention to everything they're saying and try to imagine myself playing you know that those game modes i'm like there's nothing here for me yeah. this is feels like just another way for you to reuse some maps and some in, like some you know ideas that you used in in timed events previously and stuff like that and bring them all together to make something a little bit more permanent a bit more concrete but not engaging for me whatsoever yeah is, is they they exist right so that people think it's different Sure, that's it, right? The PVE's there because they're like, now it's not Overwatch One. Well, I guess, I guess the problem was if they if they continued with Overwatch One, it's less like if you got to think of it like Activision and not like Blizzard, right? They move on from Overwatch One because Overwatch Two is a boxed version that you would buy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas yes. if they just update Overwatch One, they're just updating someone that something that everyone has. But that's, that's, what what I'm, that's what I'm. That's, yeah. what, that's what I'm saying. Is like the, surely the, they need to put something new in the box. They can't just like polish Overwatch One, put it in a box, and put a number two over it. They need, so they're like PVE. I don't know. Like uh, other companies have done that. <laughs> well, maybe. Well, okay, fair enough. Yeah. You know, probably. it's just like, hey, here's a new fucking engine with the new fucking rework of everything. Like everything's changed, but it's effectively the same fucking game. Yeah, yeah. I but feel you like just get hard. to buy it again. Yeah, you've got to buy it. You've got to put the money back in. Yeah. But, anyway. but hey, maybe Overwatch Two will come out, and I'll get back into Overwatch because it's probably been like four, or five years since I've played Overwatch. Four. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a very long time. Yeah. yeah, same. Gran Turismo Seven, though, oh baby, is coming out on the fourth of March, and we do know that. And um, another game that I, I haven't played a Gran Turismo game for probably longer than I haven't played an Overwatch yeah. game. So yeah, same. I'm not sure I've played a. Gran Turismo game with any sort of like oomph or gusto since maybe Gran Turismo 3 on the PlayStation 2 because somehow A-Spec yeah GT3 A-Spec because somehow Gran Turismo's 4, 5, 6 and Sport all pass me by in one way or another which I largely attribute to my and uh, I apologise if this is a precursor for my excitement for Gran Turismo 7 but I attribute that to my lack of interest in um basically racing simulation games nowadays. And I think I've realized because of the directions that series like Forza Horizon and even to a certain extent like Need for Speed have gone, I'm far more keen on the slightly more open-ended, slightly more fun-driven driving experiences that are out there. Yeah, Yeah. and I've got to say, watching the Gran Turismo 7 State of Play that streamed last night at the time of recording, um, I'm like, these guys love cars, they love tracks, they love really you know high fidelity visuals and i don't really love any of the things that they love like they kind of feel like they're speaking a different language to me and i'm not talking about japanese i'm talking about the language of cars um because mine not my car language is kind of like 
can I do a really cool drift and go 250 <laughs> miles an hour? Whereas theirs is like, you listen to some of the language in that state of play. It's like, cars are a reflection of the environment. And that's like, they made some weird speech about how uh, ray tracing was important because cars reflect the environment around them, but it was on a metaphorical level, not just a literal one. (laughs) And I was like, you guys are fucking crazy and I love it, but someone else is going to buy this game other than me. They need to say something to pull out a half hour fucking state of play on a car game. Like, Like, there's not much you need to do to to sell people. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's like, either you're in it or you're not. Do you like cars? Do you like cars that look pretty? Yeah, and like I'm, I'm watching this thing, thinking the only thing that could get it hooked into me is some kind of really exciting career mode, basically, or like with right. you know really cool progression mechanics. And I'm watching their UI stuff, and bless them, they have tried, but it's like you can go to the Gran Turismo Cafe where this lady in visual novel style will have dialogue with you, and you'll get a gold license and unlock a Ford Escort. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, you got to remember, guys, the last time I played a racing game, I, like, spun a wheel and won a fucking Hummer and did fucking 50,000 donuts in a row in it, knocked over 300 cactuses, and it gave me enough points to do another fucking super wheel spin. And now you're trying to make me go to the Gran Turismo Cafe? Like, It reminds me a little bit of, like, uh, where every year when people buy the new Formula One game. Because it's it's almost like the fee, it's almost like FIFA. Everything gets a bit of a polish. They, yeah. they move around the rosters, you know, new stuff pops in, and but it's basically exactly the same game. And I'm thinking with Gran Turismo, it's it's one of those where it's it's just hey, new engine or the engine's been polished or these cars look better or we've got ray tracing. Yeah. But it's this, and we've got a few new cars that were released or are coming out, you know, in the next sort of year, couple of years. But then they go, oh, we've got all the oldies in there as well, so you can enjoy yeah. looking at them, and you can do photo modes, and you can do this, and you can do that. But then come to play it, and it's just bloody boring, isn't it? It's not boring. It's quality. It is boring. It's so I, boring. So I wait, Chris. So boring. Is this confirmation you're going to be our resident GT expert this year? Do we have it that could, in writing? It, um, it could be. It could be. Fourth of March. I'll be fucking balls deep in Elden Ring. Uh, true, actually. True. You know, so who knows? But but like, oh man, like I. The, the thing about Gran Turismo <laughs> has always been that, like, it's always been the the very technical kind of uh, racing sim, right? Like, whereas everything else yeah. is like either arcadey or kind of straddles the line or tries. Gran Turismo is like the the pure breed, fucking as technical as you can get, and I, I fucking love that. I, I really do. Do I have time in my life these days? I, I don't know. Like, I remember playing GTA Three um, A Spec unlocking the fastest car by doing the Nürburgring 24-hour challenge. Oh, no. <laughs> I did it. I did it, dude. And I fucking got the fastest car, which was fucking great. And, you know, I'd love to... Uh, would I love to do something like that? game again. No, I, like, I'd love to do it, but I just don't think I... don't know if I can. But I would definitely pick it up for the odd race here and there. Like, as stupid as it is to pay that amount of money, I would do it. I would definitely I'll, do I'll, it. I'll give you this, right? GTA, oh, I shouldn't call it GTA. Gran Turismo is a fun. Yeah, there's game. no A in Gran Turismo. No, it's a fun <laughs> game to play if you go with a mate and you sit down and you do like couch cop and the guy want to do a race and you're like, oh hell yeah and you go and you can pick a cool car that you like and you can race each other like that is a cool element of it. But the idea of sitting down and just relentlessly playing that game again and again and again yeah. and again and it's just like oh. yeah and, and the and, problem is because it's so technical like you have to fucking play that game to get to grips with it right like yeah yeah like, like you can't you can't launch up gran turismo uh, 
like let's say I don't know how it's going to have it set up, but let's say you just go like a free free mode, and you go to like the the most powerful fucking cars on the planet. You are not going to be able to race those cars because you haven't figured out the finesse of how Gran Turismo Seven operates. Like it's if just you a, got in a real supercar and tried to just drive it. You'd yeah, exactly. Right. Try like, it. like like there's a reason in in Gran Turismo where they start you off with like like Jamie says like a fucking Ford Escort because like that's you've got to start off slow and and figure out like how the game is set up and then you know and and then they'll give you like let's say like a fucking I don't know like a and listen 370z and, and you fucking go from then they'll pop you in, in a supra you know and you you fucking go from there and then and then they'll pop you into like a fucking aston martin fucking valkyrie or whatever it is like yeah like that's the progression you have to do you can't just jump into like a fucking anyway grand turismo yeah looking forward yeah. to it. fourth of march fellas but yeah fourth, fourth of march. elden ring like grand turismo to me is like more mid of the year maybe end of the year kind of game like pick it up and fucking smash it it'll be cool Fair well, enough. from reality in uh, Super High Fidelity to the opposite, because Hogwarts Legacy, the height oh. of fantasy, um, is supposed to be coming out this year after already being bumped. I believe it was supposed to come out last year, right? Originally? Yes. I remember there I being some did. kind of, I can, I can see like the letter that they tweeted now, the kind of the big message to our fans thing. <laughs> like, I can see it written down on a piece of old paper. I, I, I do. I do believe yeah, it was. I, I remember that. Last year. But didn't they do that? And it was just odd because they had never mentioned when it was going to come on. It's like oh, I think. I think you're right. I think it never had a firm yeah. date, and then they like wrote a thing to basically be like, "Hey guys, this is not coming out in 2021." Um, just so everyone knows. Yeah. But I think but, the um, Warner Brothers. Someone from Warner Brothers did something the other day, didn't they? Where they basically <laughs> confirmed that this and another game were still on track to come out this year. Yes. And they didn't mention Suicide Squad. Which then led right. to Jason Schreier and Bloomberg's report to confirm yeah. that that would not be out this year. Yeah, but yeah, man, like I'm, I'm not a big Harry Potter fan, but this game looks cool, and I know like yeah. there's so many fucking Harry Potter fans, like they'll go absolutely fucking mental for this. I've kind of been forced to be a big Harry Potter fan, <laughs> not not a fan, but like my my wife really. Took, so I've been to the um, the Harry Potter studio tour. Yeah, that, that's a, it's a it's a cool tour. I've done that, and I've, did, and I've did watched, you drink the butter beer? Of course, drank the butter beer, Fucking and I've, I've seen all of the films like at least twice. I think as well. Jesus, okay, wow. So I don't, Excuse I don't you. mind it. Like I don't mind it, but it's not something I'm like super into. So I mean, is it something I'm going to buy? No. Um, I've got a five year old, and I'm, and if it, he starts getting into it, then I'm sure we'll pick it up, and maybe I'll see it. Like, uh, yeah, fuck it. Watch those movies through for a third time. Why not? But no, I mean, apart from that, like, it, it looks cool though. Like, I, it's one of those where I think they could do quite a lot with it. It looks like a game where obviously they can kind of, if you take if you take that lore and you take that world and you sort of do some really cool, fun things with it. Yeah, you could have a hell of a lot of fun with it. I imagine just flying around Hogwarts on a broom and yeah. playing Quidditch and doing all that sort of stuff. I could be into that sort of stuff. I could be into that yeah. doing some um, battling with wands. But I just, <laughs> I get the feeling it's not going to be that at all. It's going to be quite a um, a linear, um, like more restrictive experience but i don't, oh, you know, I, don't know. I, I think it's I meant to be a lot more open yeah the vibe i've got and i think the messaging so far has been that it's quite open-ended the, oh yeah sure which, which i would love it if it is that but i don't know i kind of worry that yeah when it, they say that it, sort of stuff it's going to be you, well, it's still yeah, like you, open-ended like how open-ended is it going to like do you know what i mean you want it to be a completely free open world and is it 
I don't know if it's going to be that. I mean, it's still Hogwarts at the end of the day, right? Like, that's the issue you've got with quite-unquote open world. Yeah, it's defying like, it's hub then, right? It's hub. But, man, the, the last time I played a Harry Potter game was fucking the first Harry Potter on PS1. Oh, Jesus wow. Was it Christ. PS1 or PS2? It's like No, yeah, it was PS1, yeah, that's PS1. a classic. Yeah, that was, and that was the last one I played. And, yeah, I always was remember, was that the one that had the trailer that came out right about when The Matrix 2 was out? that be about the same sort of time? Because that was when I remember the trailer being on TV for a Harry Potter game and it really reminded me of the um, Agent Smith fight with Neo. The, the CGI was about on I don't, I don't think the timing works out there. That yeah, that sounds more like Chamber of Secrets territory yeah, or, like or even Azkaban. Yeah, but um, here's something interesting about that now. my relationship with Harry Potter. Like, I enjoyed the movies. Um, I had, hadn't read the books. And then the very final book came out and my parents bought it for me for, it was either for Christmas or my birthday. And I was like, you got, you got me the last book in this fucking series. Like what, what, yeah. what, what am I meant to do now? So right. I went and fucking bought all the other books. I was like, this is oh, the geez. most annoying present I've ever received. Cause not only did it cost me a buttload of money to buy all these fucking books, but also fucking sunk ages of my time reading all the books. I enjoyed it. Sure. But like it, it was, it, Felt almost like forced upon me. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't even have that. I mean, I stopped reading the books at the third, and I stopped watching the films at the fourth. Um, oh, wow! Okay. And I've never gone back to Harry Potter in any way because no one in my life has ever been into Harry Potter in any kind of significant way. And so this is one of those weird ones where I I respect Harry Potter and what it is, and I think there are some elements of the Harry Potter Harry Potter formula that could translate into a video game that is fun to play, and I will keep an astute eye on Hogwarts Legacy. <laughs> but this is one of those ones where I'm like I'm ha- I'm more more happy it's happening for other people than for me. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. That's fair. Um, I was just trying to find a date for it. I was gonna. Someone's apparently said there's a new uh, release date has been leaked for it that came out yesterday. So I'm gonna in the background. I'm gonna try and see if I can hear when this um, a f- an actual like, a, a solid release date, like Base. a number, a numbered yeah, a number. Oh, mm. that could be interesting. I, okay, I believe I believe it when I hear it. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. it, it's it's probably just gonna be like fucking Emma Watson going. It's Leviosa, probably, <laughs> but um, uh, from. One fancy world that everyone loves to another one because uh, Jedi <laughs> Fallen Order, um, the second, is supposed to come out. This I'd love it well. if they call it that. Jedi the Fallen Order, the second. That would be cool, I, right? I um, they changed the Fallen Order, right? It becomes Star Wars Jedi something something else. I think that was uh, the the rumor about uh, it. Yeah, because isn't it Star Wars Jedi co- a colon Fallen Order? Yes. Yeah. Right. So it's now going to be Star Wars colon something something else. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, it, yeah. The, the sequel is Fallen Order, but yeah, I've got to finish that fucking game, fellas, before this. <laughs> I have the same <laughs> issue, exactly. The I'm, same I'm, issue. I was amazed when Josie said he hadn't finished it. Like, what have you? What have you been doing for like three years? I do that. The, I think the issue with that with Fallen Order was it when it it was like a weird mix between. Um, Almost like Dark Soulsy sort of game where, mm. and, I, and I didn't really want to do that. I was like, okay, this isn't exactly what I was thinking this game would feel like. Yeah, and I think yeah. I'd I'd done a couple of boss fights and was and there's a, oh there's a thing about Dark Souls games that I, that really bugs me. And everyone's going to go who loves games like that, who doesn't give a shit who's going to be like that's what those games do. Which is when you reset or you reload a position or you go in one room and then come back into another, all of the enemies respawn, which I hate. 
I hate that so much. Well, they only respawn if you reload rest, the point. rest at the thing yeah, to re- redo your health. Exactly. So you get your health back and then all the fucking enemies are back. And that's something that I've never liked. Yeah. And so there's that, little things fair. like that, the boss fights, and it it was a chore to play, even though I was enjoying the combat and I was kind of getting a feel for the game. Man. And especially the platforming side of it and a lot yeah. of that stuff was wicked. What, you, know, you know what killed me for it was playing it on stream and then thinking to myself, oh, I have to go back now and do everything that we've just done. Right. When I played yeah. it separately on my own. But then also I remember when we played on stream and we were stuck in that one fucking temple for like half oh, of yeah. the stream. It I was insane. And then it's like, oh, the solution is just like, like it, the game was glitching out on us or something and we just couldn't yeah, do... Yeah, we were doing we knew what we needed right. to do. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, uh, but yeah, but yeah. Like, it, it's a good game. It's a fun game and cool story and it looks good and uh, Respawn, not Remedy, Respawn, are doing two other Jedi... Uh, well, Jedi, two other Star Wars games. I think one is a an RTS and one is an FPS. That's correct, yeah. So that... It's cool, man. Like, if anyone's going to make, like, good Star Wars games, let it be fucking uh, Respawn, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But, um... We've then should we move on to the next one. So we've got Gotham. Yeah, yeah. I was, sorry, the back of that um, the video that I was listening to where it was trying to say it, give us a date for um, Hogwarts Legacy and uh, the, 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 the title was bullshit. There's hang no, on. No so date. hang on. You saw a clickbait title claiming to have a Hogwarts Legacy release date that hadn't leaked anywhere else on the internet. And you were like, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to you know flick through this. Probably, let me guess, over eight minute long video. To see no, if they say the release date. No, no, no. I was scanning through the comments to see because I thought somebody would come, would say, oh, it's this date, like blah, blah, blah. So I was trying to scan through and read uh, If only there was a thumbs down button and you could have just glanced <laughs> yeah, at it could and be like, or oh, if, yeah, I don't know. If only you were sharing this podcast with someone who refreshes the explicit the games and leaks, game leaks and rumours subreddit five times a day. Uh, and it's, could, not, it's not all on there, mate. You get, you're too obsessed with your Reddits. This is what I told you this before. You're, <laughs> you're, you're Mr. Reddit. You're too obsessed. If it's not on Reddit, it doesn't exist. Oh, God. What, and if it's on YouTube, it does? You're no, just no, getting lied no. to. I didn't, I, didn't, that was, I didn't go to that because it was on YouTube. I, I found a link on the, uh, the Tinternets in general, and it was linked to a YouTube video where someone said that there was an interview with someone who was Nonsense. revealed a date for the it. Thing, the thing with, the thing with, bullshit. The thing so, with leaks yeah. is that you only need to follow certain subreddits and certain people on Twitter before, trust me, Jonesy, you know everything that's happening that's worth knowing. Yeah, Wait, well, you should tell the people that got the switch wrong then, because they had no idea. Yeah, but, <laughs> it shit does fucking slip through the cracks, right? Nah, I mean, anyway, that, that's you're lucky we're on a tight schedule because I'd fight you on that. Gotham Knights <laughs> um, is still supposed to be coming out this year, despite the fact, of course, that Suicide Squad has now been bumped from this list because Suicide Squad is not going to be dropping in 2022. Um, which is kind of weird because we've seen more of Suicide Squad, I think, up to this point um, than we've seen of Gotham Knights. Well, but well, we have and we haven't, right? Like, I think if you take yeah. the first Gotham Knights thing, we probably would have seen more because the only thing we That's saw right. with, with the um, Suicide Squad are like effectively two um, cinematics. That the last one was meant to be like in engine, yes, but it wasn't necessarily like, hey, here's the HUD and blah blah no, blah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, we did see that in Gotham Knights. Sure, it might have changed like. A complete 180 but it was still there i'm trying to think the last thing we saw for gotham knights was that the it was, no it was, a, it was a story trailer that they did at the um at the warner brothers thing at the end of yeah uh summer early winter it was the just last night, year night uh court of owls yeah stuff, it was all the right? court of owls trailer right 
and again, like it's just a very kind of confusing thing for me where <laughs> I don't know how we'd receded over the course of that year to the point where we had like a full-on gameplay demo one year and a story trailer the next with no release date in sight. Yeah. Like, and Gotham Knights know. was pushed. I remember they they pushed Gotham Knights. Maybe it was Gotham yeah, it was, Knights. Yeah. Well, Gotham Knights was meant to come out in like fall of 2020. It had like a Christmas 2021 mm. release date, right? Yeah, something like that. It's such a weird place these days where so many things have been bumped and pushed and like released in weird ways. Not really, it's been fucking weird, man. I can barely keep up with it. It's, it's mm. One thing I remember at the Gotham Knights because Gotham Knights, the trailer, the gameplay trailer did seem to be more like more dated in some ways than what we've subsequently seen of Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad seems to be pushing the boundaries a bit more and doing more and you know being a bit more, yeah exciting with what they were trying to do whereas Gotham Knights kind of looks like a modern interpretation of an Arkham game in some respects which I was maybe a bit more surprised at yeah we, yeah it looked like they'd taken that Arkham formula and they'd applied it to sort of like a more of a four player co-op mm. stylist uh, you know to match the fact they the, the different playable characters the knights themselves um, and then there are, I remember there are a few more sort of like RPG style mechanics that can mm. so easily be confused or conflated with live service style mechanics right. like you know, a gear or loot systems and RPG sort of like health bars and numbers coming out of heads, as you put it, Jonesy. Yeah. And I remember some people were kind of put off by some of that stuff because it didn't feel very Arkham. Whereas I think yeah. like the ironic thing is that the easiest win for Gotham Knights, especially with Suicide Squad being something else entirely, is like just to make a slightly more modernized take on the Arkham formula that happens to be a four-player co-op title with these new playable characters. And people are ready for that now because it's been seven years since Arkham Knight. <laughs> That's yeah, mad. That is insane, isn't it? That's bloody ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I think it's one issue, though, because it is seven years. You don't necessarily want to feel it's too familiar because you'll feel it'll feel dated. Like, even if it looks good and it plays well and it has a lot of those, you know, multiple. Elements, yeah. But I, I just think, think I just think that people are, are bored of the solution to dated action games being, we'll make it more RPG like. Oh, like no, I think no, people yeah, are bored absolutely. of that solution. Yeah. No, you, they need to come up with something better and more exciting, which is ironic because then Suicide Squad would probably look like it was more going in that direction of doing something yeah. different. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. yeah. You've, although you've got a one, which is maybe why that's been bumped and Gotham Knights hasn't, because Gotham Knights is more of a known quantity, whereas but Suicide it, Squad is not. God, like, I, I, I mean, I they're different so games. Con- I shouldn't really say that. You know, yeah, but I get so correct. confused as well. Like, so Suicide Squad is Rocksteady. Yeah. yeah. But then Gotham Knights is. Warner Brothers Montreal, who made um, Arkham Origins, which was the yeah. black sheep of the Arkham series. You can just say the shit one, it's fine. No, well, I'm going to say the black sheep. Like it. yeah. It's not a shit game, it's the black sheep. Yeah, but yeah, so I, like that's the point, right? Like, anyway. <sighs> the ugly duckling. <laughs> Although yeah. I will, I'm totally ready for, a, um, for a, another Arkham-esque game. You know, oh, dude, especially four-player co-op. Let's fucking go. I do wonder we're not, we're, how... Us three aren't allowed to say that anymore. Our track record for actually living <laughs> up on our excitement yeah. for co-op games is so bad that we're not allowed yeah, to Yeah, but hold on, hold on, because the, you, you talk about Rainbow Six Extraction compared to, like, Gotham Knights. Like, we'll jump into Gotham Knights. Come on. Bro, Will like, we? Will we? B- Will remember we? Back for Blood? One of your top two games of the year? We played it together once. One time. Oh, we played it more than one time. No, we did play it more than one. That was the that was the those were betas now. For Doesn't us, but matter. Yes, technically, Doesn't yeah. matter. But at but release, point, we played it once. But that's more like, hey, that's the experience. It's that pure online co-op experience. Whereas Gotham Knights is like, it's a different beast entirely because it's all story based, and obviously we've got the love for 
the Arkham series, etc. Be- uh, again, bro, just like its release date, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> <laughs> also, how much love are people going to have for Batman when the Batman comes out and it's pretty crap? Like, people still going to work. Okay, Ooh. Jonesy, yeah. Very Ooh, good. Yeah, yeah, mate. You had to careful. get it in there, yeah. Ooh, careful, no. Jonesy. Careful, Jonesy. Maybe Batman's not so great. <laughs> you might be eating those words. We might be eating ours. <laughs> Who the fuck knows? Um, we got a little bit more information uh, than we know about Gotham Knights because Ghostwire Tokyo actually had themselves a little uh, PlayStation Direct just, Ooh. what, three hours ago about that um, at this point or two hours ago? Yeah. Um, yeah. So the a bit of that a is cheeky state of play. Indeed. March 25th, um, Ghostwire Tokyo is coming out. The most VR-looking, non-VR game um, that I think I've seen in a long time. Um, but yeah, Jamie, you were saying that you think this game looks pretty interesting. Interesting is a good word for it. I'm glad that's what you set me up with. Like, this has been such a strange thing, right? Because this was the game that was being shopped around at the same time as Deathloop in terms of it's a Bethesda published title that's coming exclusively, at least for now, to the PlayStation. PlayStation. Uh, and then there was this weird thing where Deathloop kept getting more and more trailers and looking more and more fleshed out, and Ghostwire Tokyo would kind of pop its head up every now and then, and like you said, Jonesy, look distinctly like this strange non-VR VR experience where... <laughs> It just seemed to be like this guy uh, walking down narrow alleyways in Je- in some Japanese city doing uh, like <laughs> hand gestures, throwing up gang <laughs> yeah, signs, literally basically. Literally Tokyo, but yeah, literally it's, Tokyo. it's in the name. <laughs> no, but I'm saying what the trailer looked like. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah, no, fine. <laughs> okay, yeah. And he was just like throwing up gang signs and doing you know sign language and, and weird headless schoolgirls would, would blow up in front of him. Yeah, like, yeah, like what, what's the EDL or whatever it's called? That's that's something different, actually. EDL. Um, Jeez. But, I mean, um, it, it totally looks like a VR game, though, because the way that it's set up and the hand movements, I was convinced when I first saw it that you were going to have to do those movements with your hands. Do you know what it looked like? It looked like, a, it looked like a Connect game where you'd have to do those hand <laughs> yes. movements. You've got to move it. It would have a shadow on the screen and you'd have to like go into the position to do the thing. Like, Yeah. Um, I've got to say, though, after this what was essentially just a 10-minute long sort of gameplay trailer and overview, Yeah, it makes more sense, but still doesn't make that much sense. There's still an element of it is yeah. like, I can't imagine someone playing this video game. This doesn't look like a video game that like flows from one thing to another yet. Um, but I admire its aesthetic. I admire that it's trying to do something unconventional with a first-person action adventure, even yeah. an open-world first-person action adventure game. Um, I like the enemy designs i like the world design i think some of the visuals are a little bit ropey in terms of their actual fidelity but it's something unique i was saying to chris yeah, before but, it's, we started but recording. it's a small studio as well like it's not it is yeah like what is tango works yeah tango game the evil within team yeah um yeah, i was saying to you chris like before that it reminded me of killer seven in the same way killer seven had like fps elements but it just looked bizarre in the way it yeah. did them yeah um, a, bit, a bit disjointed right but kind of owning it yeah and yeah, I, I'm fascinated. And there is also a part of me that worried that like this game rears its head now when it's out next month. That feels weird in this current climate. Like we talk about all these games that like we all agree are going to be delayed and we don't know much about. And it's like this game's out next month. Here's your first look at it. Like what? <laughs> we just talked about how we saw Arkham Knight gameplay like 18 months. Gotham Knights gameplay 18 months ago, and we don't know if it's going to come out this year. Like how back? I admire I quite it, like that, though, this, this feels more like old school. Hey, look, we've gone away. We've made a game. It's it's our own thing. It's very different. We've done it. We've polished it. It looks, you know, it looks great for what it is, and it's going to come out. Like, there's no messing around. It's just, it is what it is. It's, yeah. Some people will love it. Some people won't. And happy day. 
yeah, I think this is going to be like a, I can see this being a cult hit game. Like, oh, yeah, written like, all over it, dude. Yeah, um, and I don't know what that means for kind of broad appeal, but I think I can, both- I can tell you what it means, Jamie. It means you wait until it stops being a PlayStation exclusive. Oh yeah, and then you pick it up on Games Pass because even that exclusivity feels weird. Like it tells shows you how much the industry has moved in such a short amount of time that this timed exclusivity on these two Bethesda titles just doesn't feel that relevant anymore. Yeah, like. PlayStation fans aren't boasting about it. Xbox fans aren't like saying, "Oh, it will come back to Game Pass in a year's time." Like, it's almost like no the forgotten one... sun, right? Yeah, which is maybe why it's squeaking out a month after it's you know re-revealed. <laughs> but um, it's got to be tricky because you know it's, it's a new thing; it's an unknown quantity. But you know, it's easy. Known things and known quantities. And what do you what do you get when you put Lego and Star Wars together? You get Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga, which comes out on April the fifth. Um, which chef's kiss. Ah. I am I am properly looking forward to this, which is weird. I don't know why. It must be because <laughs> I've got kids, um, and I love the idea of a uh, current gen, or next gen, have you want to put it, uh, Lego Star Wars game, because I think that's just going to look tasty and play very well. And it, it did look good. Like, I, I don't think there's much to talk about it. It's like Lego Star Wars, and you know, they're always a fun time. Like, sure. <laughs> That's literally about all you can say. Have you no. seen Star Wars? Have you played Lego games? Put those two things together in your brain. And that's what yeah, it's exactly. going to be. Obviously, there was the controversy about um, uh, Traveller's Tales games having, like, excessive crunch and the the troubled kind of development on this. But, hey, it's it's coming out. It looks good. You shouldn't boycott the game on the practices of management because all you're doing really is punishing the people that did put in all those hours and did all that crunch like yeah support them you know like play the fucking game if you think it looks good like it, you absolutely it, it, should that is a weird yeah. one though because if it, you wanted strange, to if you yeah. wanted to say something to the company then not buying it would say more than buying it and enjoying it but i get what you mean <laughs> yeah but yeah. the reality in a business sense all you're saying to the company is oh gee we need to make a lot of people redundant now <laughs> this <laughs> game did not sell <laughs> That's very, very true. But um, yeah, yeah, no, it, look, it looks fantastic. Um, hopefully, you know, it it hasn't been too horrendous. Um, yeah, for people. And at least it's at least like with whistleblowers and stuff, you know about the crunch and you know what's gone on, and so they can't maybe get away with it as easily in the future. But we say that every time it happens, so maybe it will. Who knows? Um, <laughs> uh, a game that actually has now released and um, has been sort of a, um, a pleasant surprise for a lot of people because there was a lot of worry about it is po- Pokemon Legends Arceus, uh, which came out on the 28th of January. Um, yeah. The, I'm, the, se- the second fastest selling Switch game after Animal Crossing. But th- this told. is never surprising. Any f- like main Switch game is going to sell like goddamn hotcakes. And when it's a Pokemon game, like I'm even less surprised. I have managed, guys, for like a week to not have to buy this. I'm amazed. I don't think I'm going to last much longer. <laughs> Someone in my household is going to do something horrible to me and, and I'm just going to have to give in and buy it, I'm sure. But yeah, I've managed, yeah. To, managed it I'm this a- long. I'm in the same boat and I live alone, so <laughs> figure that one out. Yeah, well, I-, I guess, Jamie, you're lucky, right? Because you're Playing the other previous I, I, Pokemon game. Playing the other Pokemon game that came out fucking like three months ago. So yeah. 
Um, but I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm glad that some of the reservations I well, actually, let me be careful what I say here. I think some of the res- reservations I had prior to release have proved to be justified, and I think have been shared by people who have played the game. In some cases, even more so to the people who have played the game to completion. But I'm also glad that some of the reservations I have have been proved wrong, and that mm. generally speaking, people have enjoyed this and accepted it and embraced it as a kind of a new look and a new approach for a familiar franchise but also a familiar style of game um but yeah, yeah there is still an element of me that just like looks at this game and every time i look at it i'm like that game looks ugly as fuck <laughs> um and <laughs> i don't think that's gonna change <laughs> yeah, fair enough <laughs> well um you know well i'm sure by next week i'll probably be able to give you um a rundown because i'm 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 probably be made to buy it yeah <laughs> i, I thought I we were gonna pull to- some Crazy move, like when you uh, secretly bought Animal Crossing and then, you know, oh, pulled yeah. the rug from under us on the podcast. I thought you were going to do oh, one of those, maybe. Yeah, that, no. Oh yeah, I've been I've thirty hours deep into oh, Animal God. Crossing. I played so much Animal Crossing; it's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> another game which comes out very soon, uh, the eighth of February, is Shifu or Sifu. I'm not sure how you're supposed to say it. Which um, we already talked about on the pre was it the pre game we talked about it where we said that it was being yes. made by um yeah go check that out see what we we were talking about behind the scenes on um. About yeah. Shifu. This is one that um, I think we're all excited to, to, oh, yeah. to play, to look at. Um, I know, Chris, you are especially excited about this. Yes, uh, I do have a code for it, a preview code, but uh, it doesn't activate until Sunday, I believe. Oh, uh, brutal. But that means that I, you know, like if stars align and I have time in the evening, that I will be streaming it. So. You know, you have as to a, get on that. I, I know, I have to. I know, but I'm I'm really looking forward to it. It's just kind of like it seems like that perfect power fantasy of almost like a John Wick aesthetic with a lot of the, kind of the neon going on there, but then with like a yeah that kung fu aspect to it. Like it just looks cool, man. It, I I just hope the worry with games like that where it looks so fucking cool and fluid is like how does that translate to me holding a controller and making it look that cool and flashy? You yeah, know, I totally right. get. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, you put the controller in my hand. It's gonna, he's gonna look like a fucking five-year-old doing karate. Like, yeah. or does he look too good because you're barely in control of what he's doing? Yeah, and that's exactly. Almost worse. No, but, no, I think that I was actually going to make the opposite point. Which is I think other developers have proved in the past, and one of them we've already talked about tonight. That that almost doesn't happen because I always my head goes to uh, Rocksteady and Arkham, where they made pressing X over and over again <laughs> made look like the most cool, kick-ass, fluid shit ever. And yeah. like input-wise, I wasn't doing anything that special. I had to counter every now and then, but like Sifu will be far more complex than Arkham. And if they manage to get that fluidity and it's that flow between animations and inputs and. Mm that's what they really need to nail, and so much of the preview footage has looked so encouraging that I hope that they pull that off. But you yeah. say you say pushing X. I think Arkham nailed it. Like that that's because, what I, that's the point yeah, I'm that's making. Yeah. No, no, but you, but you're saying that you're saying that you think that they it was easy. You barely had to do anything, and you could make it look great. But I think they nailed the balance of input versus like how cool it would look versus like what you had to do. Like you could still just fight. You could, like you said, you could just hit X, but you could still master the fighting in a way that made you feel like a complete badass it never felt too easy but it never felt too difficult whereas i think some games yes go, i i agree some games but, uh, go the too like, easy route as well where they like it's just I, I was i was more i was more trying to try and make the argument that like and maybe i'm wrong on this you guys could disagree but I, I don't think there is such a thing as a game that is too easy to play relative to how cool it looks on screen 
Like, because even even in quick time events where I'm not doing anything, like yeah. fucking, you know, you go back to like Asura's Wrath or something like that, like quick time <laughs> event in the game. Like, if I'm doing cool shit on screen and not doing much of my controller, I'll live with it. Like, that's fine. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah. It's that action on screen that I'm here for. That's why. <laughs> that's why I've never complained about quick time events. But I know I'm in the minority there. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, next up, we've got Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, which comes out on March 25th. I I really want to play this, and I don't know why. Because it, looks like, like it, it looks like fun. Like it looks like pure distilled fun. But you know, maybe <laughs> the have... pro- <laughs> maybe the problem is it looks like pure distilled fun, and then I'm convinced it's not actually gonna be. But it looks like it is. If that makes sense, it's kind of the worry, <laughs> right? Yeah. When it's come to the trailers for this game, and the kind of the, to a certain extent the gameplay for this game. And how I've tried to like gauge my excitement for it, and how much fun I think I'm going to have it. The problem I keep coming back to time and time again is the first two words of the title. Tiny Tina, you're not going to resonate with the humor. She's ruining everything for me right now. <laughs> she's ruining everything for me right now. Fair enough. She's a she's a side character at best. So, I mean, she's, she's a tolerable, PlayStation a barely tolerable. Well, I mean, yeah, this month, yeah. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. I want to have fun with it. But then, like, that was, I don't know, that was what a lot of people said about Borderlands 3, and a lot of people fell off Borderlands 3 really hard. Like, oh, Borderlands yeah, 3 was yeah. was a perfect like, recipe for, it's there to have, be had, like, for people to have fun with it. And, like, I know that neither of you really did. Yeah. I don't, and, and I don't think that's going to change by having Tiny Tina voiceover narrating every stupid fucking thing you do. But it's going to get worse. For me, it's a question of, like, how, like, how how much can you take the Borderlands formula and like shove it into this like, uh, like more traditional kind of fantasy RPG style stuff, like with melee weapons and spells and shit. Like, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know. For me, it's, it's that thing of, I, I like Borderlands. I like what Borderlands try and to do. Mm. But then every time I try and play a Borderlands game now, even like three, if I tried to go and pick up three, I know that I would get bored of it super quickly. And but the idea that you could take that IP and you could push it in a slightly different direction that maybe will grab me again in a in a different way. So I'm kind of hoping that happens with this. Um it's one it's yeah. something I'm definitely tempted with. I I don't March know if I will pick it up. So that's a it's, Greek independence day. It's it's rough timing again because it's you know it's off the back of February it's off the back of all the sort of the big releases true long ass yeah games. man like like for, I, I'll lay it out straight for you fellas like I, it's gonna take me I'm gonna be stuck in Elden Ring for a very long time like I'm just not gonna right exactly yeah you know there's so many other cool things to play I'm like I want to play Tiny yeah. Tina's Wonderland I mean realistically am I gonna sack off one of those other games to play that probably Sek- Sekiro's not even open world and you've been playing it for three years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we just have to like when when Chris said I'm going to be playing Elden Ring for quite a while. Yeah, didn't consider it's actually going to be five years before he starts doing it. <laughs> Chris is going to be forty before he finishes Elden Ring. It's possible, <laughs> fellas. It's possible. It happens. I, I mean, I still haven't happens. finished Sekiro. No, but like I, I don't know. Sekiro is like it's one of those things. I, I think I've proved that I could do it. Like, I mean, I took a break from Sekiro to finish. Dark Souls, like, come on. Yeah, that is... Yeah, true. Fair play. And that one only took, like, a year or so, right? Half a year, about. Um, but to be fair, that was only playing on stream, and, like, that was, like, once a week. Right. And Elden Ring, you've already said, will be an off-stream game for you as well. 
and I'm doing that because of what happened with Dark Souls. Yeah. Oh, fair play. So maybe you maybe you'll get like be able to chunk it away a lot more quickly than you um, than you did with Dark Souls. Uh, a game that I don't think any of us will be chunking away because I think it's going to be a mess. It's going to not be what everyone thinks it is, and it's just going to oh. be like a WTF game. Is Forspoken? Oh, I did, not, I did not expect that from you, Jones. Yeah, you I thought what? you were the Forspoken yeah, guy. I, I, it feels like you've you've flipped you flipped it over there. I haven't. No, jo- I haven't flipped it. At all. <laughs> Jonesy's taken all his hype for Forspoken <laughs> and transferred it into Tiny Tina's Wonderland. So that's what's going on. <laughs> the problem with Forspoken, I still have the same issue with Forspoken, is it looks fantastic. It looks. Uh, like there could it could be incredible but at the same time it just looks like it's not a game and they've just sort of grouped together and piled together a whole load of cool shit and it's just going to be a complete mess um i hope i'm wrong i don't think it's going to come out this year i think the best thing will happen is if forspoken gets bumped to like 2024 oh, bro from a release date of may 24th you think it's yeah gonna be i, I couldn't i, could, I, the I next couldn't year? disagree more i think that release date is sticking hard fair play what do you think it's do you think it's going to be like good when it comes out and it's going to be in like it's going to be the game that I think because we when it we first saw it I was kind of like there's no way man how's this game coming out when they reckon it like next year or whatever it looks like yeah. it's going to be some epic you know unity 5 level like crazy high fidelity unreal engine um, unreal engine oh, unreal engine sorry i've been playing around with unity this week can you tell um <laughs> unreal engine 5 um kind of eh, it's one of those worry games we've talked about before. It's one of the worry games where it just looks insanely good, but is there a game there? And then yeah. they showed a lot of the other stuff where she's like running in the air and I'm like, oh, so they don't they don't know how to do traversal so she can just run in the air. Like they've just left developer mode on and just stuck a character over the top of it. Like, I don't know. I'm so worried about this game. I, but I, I mean, hope it's good. Yeah. I, I think it's like, because it's Square Enix, right? And I think it's, they've obviously got multiple teams working on multiple games and, this is not this is not team A or B, so I don't fucking know what they're doing. <laughs> That's brutal. I know, but it's, it's the truth. Like it's not Final Fan it, it's not even A, B, or C. It's not Final Fantasy Seven. It's not Final Fantasy Sixteen. And it's not Final Fantasy Fourteen. So, so it's, it's, a, it's a weird mix Forsp- of things. What's weird about Forspoken for me is I played Final Fantasy Fifteen because it looked incredible and I was super yeah. excited about jumping in and playing that game. And being a Westerner jumping in and playing that game, which is not the sort of game I would have played, you know, before it felt really weird. It didn't feel mm. like a game I can just play. Like you would expect like with an open world to, game. To be fair, this kind of seems like they're trying to appeal more to a Western audience than an Eastern audience. It does. But yeah. I- this was the Gary Witter and Amy Hennig thing. Yeah. From a story side. But then from a gameplay side, I, I, I feel like it's going to pull, it's going to feel super, uh, Final Fantasy. I, no, can, no, can, no. I give, can I give you my prediction? I yeah, think from yeah. a gameplay perspective, it's going to be very simple. I don't think there's going to be a lot of depth to it. Okay. I don't. I, I, this is just one where I, I find it really hard to make a prediction of any kind. Like I was a little mm. bit with Jonesy yeah. where every trailer I was like, there's got to be more to this. There's got to be more to this. There's got to be more to this. Oh wait, there's not more to this. But that, but that doesn't mean that like, I think that traversal still looks fun. I think that combat still looks like it has the potential to be fun. I think that story set up and the premise they've established seems a little bit trite and a little bit boring, but I, I, I think that character could be interesting if she's fleshed out. Like, I don't even know. I don't, couldn't even guess how long this game is going to be. Like, right, yeah. you you could tell me it was eight hours. I can believe you. You'd tell me it was 80 and I'd believe you. 
Like, uh, there's just too many ways in which the pendulum could swing on Forspoken for me to be confident in it, which is strange for a game that's coming out in three months, but I guess that's just the nature of the beast on that one. It's really weird. I feel like I know as much about Forspoken as I do about Doke V, which is, like, not a lot. See, no, I I, I don't... I wouldn't... I, I look know, at those two games and I'm like, D- I don't know D- what this D- is going to be. is going to be the game of the generation. Man. It will be the game of the generation, but I still don't think I've got any idea what it's going to be like when I actually sit down. But and at least before spoken, there's like uncut gameplay out there of like full on, there's a HUD, there's everything. It's someone right. running around playing the video game. Like no KB doesn't exist. <laughs> it's, a, well, it's just a co- collective hallucination. Yeah, Doke <laughs> yeah. V was, was a Korean developer's acid trip turned into a fake video game. <laughs> Fake video <laughs> developed by Hassan Karaman. Yeah, literally. All uh, played and played and sold on the blockchain. <laughs> Expect it soon. Um, anyway. Avatar. Let's move on because Avatar Ooh. Frontiers of Pandora is amazingly also going to be out this year, apparently. Which I I find it hard to believe, just because av- anytime you attach Avatar to anything, I think. Um, like yeah, whatever, never coming out. Like it's just I don't know why it's just, it seems too big, too unwieldy, too like cutting edge. Even though it's now a film which came out like donkeys years ago, um, but it's also such an unknown quantity, right? Like, well, it's we it's, still it's, know it's nothing. It's meant it. to be like along alongside the the new films, right? Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, exactly. But which but is like, never which is never good. Do, do, do you guys think that like I remember when Avatar came out? It's like oh the you know breaking all the records and everybody's seen it, whatever, and it's like. You go, you enjoy it. It was an enjoyable film by all by all means. Oh, mate, it's Fern Gully. It is Fern Gully, and it's Dances with Wolves. But it's like, but it's almost like looking back on it. It's like, like, I I don't know if you get this feeling, but I just get a bit cringe about it. Just get a bit cringe about it. (laughs) It's like you tell me, oh, Ubisoft's making an Avatar game, and as good as it fucking looks, it's just like it's it's just a bit cringe. It's Avatar. I, I still think it looks amazing. Like, and the visuals behind Avatar at the time were incredible, and like a lot of the work they did. But it, I get what you mean. There is a bit cringe and is yeah. a bit weird. Like, but, like I, s- I, but don't get me wrong. Like, I might be completely wrong here because I look back at Game of Thrones, especially the, like the last two seasons. It was like it's a bit cringe, you know. Like, mm. yeah, I, I, that might. So it just very well might just be me. Yeah. No, I, I don't think it is just you. I think definitely on the movie side of things. Mm. they've left it so long and that film has been allowed to age in such a strange way. I think it's only natural to look back on the phenomenon that it was with a little bit of confusion. Like like you said, Chris, I can't believe that was the film to watch. I can't remember. That is the single highest gross. Well, I don't know if it it took its place back from Endgame, right? As the single highest grossing film of all time. Yes. They re-released it. Re-released. Yeah. But can I I tell you what I think of when I think of Avatar, like looking back on it, is that 3D? No, is that dude that got like fucking six tattoos of the fucking blue chick from Avatar on his tattooed on his back? Mm-hmm. It's just like that's that's what I associate with Avatar now. It's like fucking yeah. s- sweaty neckbeard dudes just kind of like fawning over I, fictional I, tall. I just remember chicks. weird things like hey, dr- hey, like how many people <laughs> like oh, considering again it's the single highest grossing motion picture of all time how many people know who sam worthington is nowadays like if you were just to do a little gauge of the general hard. public yeah he he bit, like, he bit hard how many people do how many people remember man on a ledge <laughs> you know, that's what i would <laughs> know uh, and, but salvation yeah um and uh, he was they got him for all the clash of the titans yeah. and 
yeah. all that kind of the, the again he was he was Mr. 3D basically like <laughs> studios realized they needed to make big 3D tentpole movies and Sam Worthington was your guy which is strange because he could never do an accent that wasn't Australian um very odd but I think like I think it's totally natural to take some of that kind of awkwardness and uncertainty surrounding Avatar as a as just a product and as a as a franchise and apply it to a video game, especially when Ubisoft's recent track record has been so shaky. But I still think there's something potentially interesting here. Um, I just hope it's not as simple as Ubisoft applying their usual first-person open-world action-adventure trappings to Avatar's world and characters, because that would be a bizarre mishmash. And um, I again, as with all things Ubisoft, like we discussed last week, I want them to take more risks and do more interesting things. Um, and I hope Avatar is the start of that rather than the end of like this very boring, recessive, <laughs> open world sort of phase that they're still currently in. Mm. I kind of feel yeah. it's a little bit worrying about the whole Avatar game thing is the same with the films, right? It's like an unfulfilled promise. Like if you're a film buff, you don't really like Avatar because it's, it's not that great. But if you are a uh, popcorn stuffing, like, you know, borderline movie goer who just doesn't really care and you're just going, oh, mm. we're just going, to, just going to see whatever. The prospect of that coming into a game is not great because it's just like, a, what what does that translate to? It's not going to be some incredible RPG. It's not going to be some incredible like action-adventure game. It's just going to be like a bog-standard run-of-the-mill, exactly like you said, like Ubisoft just doing the bit, what they need to do to get a movie tie-in game out. Which Yeah, and, and, and that's it, like movie tie-in. But you know what, fellas, like, it's already one down in my book. Like it's lost points already because you cannot use the Wii balance board to fly those fucking birds. So <laughs> yeah, they've missed the trick, mate. They've missed, missed the trick. Yeah, shocking. Fuck you, you can't plug your own head into the um, a console to play. So <laughs> they've, they've lost me there. I want to take my hair and shove it in a slot. Yeah, and have like, have sex with your console. Exactly. What? I didn't do that. No, hey, what you guys shove and wear is your business. Okay. <laughs> um, but, um, from a, something we don't really know about blue big blue ladies spinning around and fighting people what about yeah, think, small thinking of things, blue ladies fighting speaking, speaking of things I want to shove my hair in Bayonetta 3 <laughs> um, well, yeah, is, I wanna... isn't, her, isn't her outfit like made of her hair yeah probably yeah. that sounds like a very Bayonetta I yeah. think there's one point where she's like naked but her hair like covers her body or some weird shit like that I no, know. I think I think it's like literally her clothing, it, like her hair morphs into her clothing or some shit. Right. I'm Great. pretty sure it was that, but whatever. Like, do you want to something Bay- shocking? Bayonetta three is fucking batshit crazy, anyway. So who I've never knows? played a Bayonetta game. Fun, dude. That's so. not that. You know what? That actually, that's not that crazy considering like the first one was sort of well received, but like. That's if it wasn't dude. your style, if it wasn't your genre, yeah, then you wouldn't have gone for it. And the second one felt like it was even better received, but wasn't it a Wii U exclusive until it got brought right. to the Switch? So Chris is the only person who played and now, it. And now this, and now this only, one is a Switch exclusive. I'm going to fact check that, but I think Benetta 2 was only on the Wii U. Right. I'm, again, I might be wrong. It's yeah, it was a Wii U game, and it got, it's been ported to Switch, but... I don't know. Like, it seems ironic. Like, it seems like a bit unfair to say, considering we've just established that Bayonetta Two was a Wii U title. But one of the most frustrating things I can say about Bayonetta Three is that I don't know why this has to be a Switch exclusive. Because I watched that right. gameplay reveal when they kind of it, they finally brought Bayo back onto the scene uh, at the end of last year, and I was like, 
this looks kind of muddy and uncomfortable mm. in a way that reminded me of No More Heroes 3, in a way that reminded me of Deadly Premonition 2, in a way that reminded me of all these kind of cool niche Japanese titles from very creative individuals who have been like fucking forced to put their title on the a, a mobile device, you know, <laughs> in the age of the PlayStation 5 and the Series X and God knows, you know, 30 series graphics cards. And like... I mean, I'm not going to suggest this is like a Deadly Premonition 2 situation where you were skateboarding around that city at seven frames a second, but there was still a muddiness to it for such a free-flowing, cool, um, stylish action game that bummed me out. But I'm yeah. still curious to see what they can pull off. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, Dead Space 4 is coming out Q4 of this year, which is, I think, one of the most exciting kind of like remake prospects for a long time. But will it come out in Q4? <laughs> That's such an I, open I, I, target I mean, they, at this point. They only announced it like the middle to end of last year. So I, I don't see how. You've got to say like ground up remake. So there's a lot less legwork to do, but at the same time, there's still a shitload to do. And like you say, it hasn't been even, it hasn't been talked about for very long. So, you know, we, I think it's all to play for at this point. And but, I, no, I've got you, no idea. The, the, the biggest kind of like red flag is when they just, when they, there's a difference between saying like, they expect it to come out in 2022. And there's a difference when they say, oh, yeah, it'll come out in Q4. Usually when I hear Q4, that means 2023. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, me too. It's either that they don't want to say holiday because they want to like keep the cards close to their chest or it means it's coming out the next year. Yeah. Um, it's one of yeah, those exactly. two things for me. Yeah. I, 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 I think in fact, right. if, they had, if they had said holiday, I'd probably be more, uh, more forgiving <laughs> with <Right>. my assumption <laughs> there. Yeah, it fair. just seems a little bit more definitive, but by saying Q4, it's just like, yeah, you know, fucking Q4 or whatever, you know, like grab a burger, have a milkshake. Maybe it'll come up in Q4. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. I'm still hyped for it, though. Again, like. Yeah. It's de- Jesus, it's Dead Space. It's, it's going to. I, I think it's going to be, yeah, insanely hyped. Like when they actually do a proper date and they actually sort of like oh, talk yeah. about it at length, it's yeah. going to be incredible. And, and, I and think the, but- the tech you can get in with it now with the technology, like, could be. Oh, yeah, totally. With the fucking. Oh, just, yeah, like. The like, opportunities there. Between this and Splinter Cell, I'd say stock in third-person <laughs> action games that make good use of light is way up. So uh, <laughs> That's so I'm true. Excited. Yeah. You get some ray tracing on the little um, uh, energy thing on his back. Oh, he's walking around. Yeah, big That's time. Lovely. Also terrifying. Just like... Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. one part of it I'm not looking forward to is having my poo come out of my butthole. <laughs> mid, oh. mid fight. Oh no! Um, they, they should release they call it. it for they Halloween. call it a necro shot. A necro shot. They should release it for Halloween. That would be like really good timing. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, that would be very cool. I don't want to wait that long for it, but you know, is this like you said? They're saying end of the year. It's so probably going to be twenty twenty three. Q four, anyway, so buddy. We'll have to yeah. wait and see. Yeah. Um, Q four of twenty twenty three. Hollow Knight Silk Song um, is also an unknown title what? for uh, Hollow Knight Silk Song. Is also sorry, what? an unknown title. What? Huh? I've never heard of it. Why? Why? Why are you Does, doing this to me? That doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. It's vaporware, Jonesy. It's not vaporware. It's coming out this year. No, it's, it's, a, it's a myth. It's a myth. Outrageous. You're um, confused. And I'm playing Hollow Knight at the moment, so I'm excited for um, you know, more of this coming out. <laughs> I although I haven't played this week. Yeah, fair. I think that means you've fallen off it in in gamer in, terms. In Jonesy, in Jonesy terms, it's only been a week. Come on, give me a give me a break. What was the last time you didn't play a game for more than a week and then came back to it? 
<laughs> I think that pauses. Uh, yeah, it speaks volumes. Maybe, but do you know what? I'm happy. I'm happy for Hollow Knight fans when this game eventually comes out because I'm sure they'll love it. Yeah. If and okay, if slash when this game eventually comes out, it is just kind of crazy though, dude. Like we've seen stuff from this game, we've seen trailers from this game, and then it's kind of like radio silence. And you know, there's those memes that come out like every time there's an award show or a, or a state of play or something, and it's like, oh, well, let's put on the fucking clown makeup again while we wait to see if we see any mention of Silk Song. Like it is kind of mad. Yeah. But, okay. True. Hold on though, because this is not like a Starfield or, uh, you know, something like that, or even like an Elden Ring up until we sort of like, we actually knew that the game was coming out. Dude, this uh, is- but, but before Elden Ring kind of came out, it was like Elden Ring and Silk Song. That's how they kind of fucking graded it. Honestly. But, but this is a little plinky plinky game that you can play on your Switch. This is going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, but it, bro, it's a plinky plinky game that was announced three years ago and is a sequel to a game that, a plinky plinky game that came out five years ago. It takes a while to draw plinky plinky games. They have to sit there and they have to get a pencil and you have to draw the lines and then you have to put them on a computer. It, plinky plinky takes a while. They, it's not vaporware. It just takes a little while. To do, draw do you know what things. I think it is? I think it's a performance anxiety, fellas. I think they can't get it up. Uh, if you think if you think to yourself like how well regarded Hollow Knight is in the communities, and it's almost like how do you follow up with that? And they right. thought they had yeah. it, but I think I think maybe they're like maybe they got to a point where they think well, we haven't done enough, and we, or we're not living up to the name or right. whatever it is. I know it wasn't a sequel, Chris, but you, could could you foresee a below star situation where eventually they're just like, okay, this game has to come out. Here it is. Love it or hate it. I don't know, man. I it, it's so hard to tell because obviously, uh, what's it? Studio Cherry, um, you know they they fucking yes they are Team Cherry, yeah. they are they are Hollow Knight. Like, you know, if, if that's yeah. if that's what you do, you don't you don't necessarily say just put out the next one and just move on. Like, that's what you built on. That's your foundation. Like, I don't know. I guess it's weird. so. Yeah. I, I I hope we hear something about Silk Song. Uh, I really enjoyed Hollow Knight. Uh, I think they did a really good job, especially with the DLCs and all that stuff. But yeah, man, like, I don't know. It, it might be too hard something to follow up on. Maybe. Well, um, hopefully it won't be, and hopefully it will come out this this year. Um, it's still unknown. We don't know what's coming out. Um, like, well, I haven't even got a date for it at this point. But from one little plinky plinky game to another that we also don't <laughs> know the date for is Little Devil Inside, which is something that... Um, I, I've, I, it's a weird one for me, but I've been looking forward to playing since I first saw the trailer for this. I think it looks really cool. Um, but hopefully, yeah. it will, hopefully, this will come out this year, but we haven't got a date for it yet either. I think was it Chris? You were saying you'd kind of fallen off this a bit since the first well, time you saw I, it. Was it? I, in a way, I, I still think it looks cool, but I, I mean, what's like the third trailer we've got from it? I'm still just as confused, I guess. Some of the lost gameplay trailer was was weird, and we saw some strange kind of like traversal stuff and how the yeah. camera sort of pulls out, and you get it's it it was a bit more bizarre than maybe I think yeah. we thought it would be when we first and, saw and it. That particular trailer was kind of rough around the edges, from you know yeah. m- maybe from like a technical perspective of like a video editor looking at a fucking video, right? Like maybe I was just too much in that mode, but yeah, just there was some some rough edges, but I don't know, like it it, it could properly be a unique little kind of like gem but i like so much on this fucking list like who fucking knows i'm getting True. angry now i don't know why <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's kind of like, i guess i'm tired and when i'm tired i get cranky 
I th- if I had to predict, I'd say Little Devil Inside is a game that it will come out. I say I want to play it. Chris, you're saying you can't, you're not that sure. I, neither of us will play it. Jamie will play it and then he'll come along like, and it'll be three weeks after it came out. He would have finished it and he'll go, yeah, 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 it was good. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah, I liked <laughs> it. All right. liked it. <laughs> yeah, I can see that happening as well. <laughs> cool, cool narrative. Enjoyed it. Nice style. Yeah, play it. I, I do like the style. That's the most appealing yeah. thing about it so far. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I just want to know what, like more like, what is the gameplay loop of that game? Yeah, no, you're a bang on. I, yeah, we do need to know more about that. It's funny it's, how many times we've said that in the last hour. Yeah, to see like two hours of play would be great. Like that, you need to just get see someone just playing it and be like, okay, this is I get what this is going to be. Um, something that yeah. I think we know we can imagine more like what it's going to actually be like when we got our hands on it. But we're also going to say we're going to play it together, and we're not going to is Redfall, which is coming in Q three apparently. I'll, I'll tell the, you now, I'm, I'm not going to play it with you fellas. Fuck no, it, right. I'm, I'm drawing a line in the sand here. <laughs> Um, I think, am I right in saying it's a four-player co-op, like kind of uh, PVE kills? Yeah, I, I, I don't know shit. explicitly if it's four-player, but it's yeah, it's a co-op kind of like, yeah. like blood. Yeah, back, super blood with vampires and superpowers, like by way of cod zombies, kind of All power up. One person things. can teleport. This one person's really fast. This one person's really strong. Oh, yeah. he's got a shotgun. She's got a crossbow. Ah, uh, <sighs> he can take three hits she can take two oh there are zombies and vampires and oh it's one of See, those while i agree with everything we've said so far and i would you know <laughs> under usual circumstances join in on the dunking i think the only element here the only asterisk in all of this is arcane and yeah, i right. think yeah, yeah. for them to follow up you know dishonored and prey and death loop and and so on, even though there's obviously arcane leon and arcane austin uh, for that, but it's still for that lineage to end up with something that's like a generic corpse shooter that is like a Left for Dead, Back for Blood, and a Crucis style thing in a year where we've had so much of that already. Yeah, um, that would be a real bummer. And so I hope they find a way to get that unique arcane twist in there. And I don't know what that looks like, what form that takes, but it needs it. That genre needs it. <laughs> and I hope that I basically I hope there's more than meets the eye um, when it comes to Redfall. I'm always a little bit worried about. Um when they try and prescribe too much in a game and they say like, this is what you can do. And when you've got like all these superpowers and vampires and it always seems, it seems like there's a lot of craziness going on in the game already. I always kind of feel like those games struggle more than the more basic, you know, like p- games where people can make their own of it. If you like, which is, yeah. and this seems like it's all, it's being very prescriptive with, Oh, all these look at this crazy character who can do these. See, you say that we've seen one cinematic trailer. Isn't that it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Was it one or well, two things um, maybe that we two. saw? Maybe two. Maybe two. Okay. Cinematics. I, only rem- I don't. I don't think it was like um, gameplay. I think it was all cinematics. But that's the impression. I'm just. This is just my impression. I'm getting from it at this point. Like you say, I could be full of shit. It's weird because then you talk about Death Loop and you look at the mechanics for Death Loop. You could see how that could fall into this kind of thing. I know it's a different. Like it's not the same people necessarily. Because um, wasn't he didn't had some like crazy traversal stuff in. Um, uh, in Deathloop, didn't he? Couldn't he like leap and jump and run along? Those, those, those were all sure. powers that you acquired, though, right? Um, either from specific enemies or, or, mm. or the, through game progression, and you equipped them. It was almost like it was a part of a loadout. Um, so yes, there was a variation of like you could give um, him the ability to, well, to right? blink. Yeah, it's the blink. Yeah, it's yeah, the blink, blink and blink. dishonored. Fellas, you know what? I, I'm I'm intrigued, but I want to know more about what the gameplay loop is. Hmm. I see what you mean, Chris. It's an interesting observation. 
I'd like to see two hours of gameplay uncut, please. Yes, please. Um, what about the gameplay loop in Somerville, which is also coming out? You know what? Show. I'm intrigued, but I need to see more. I need to see what the gameplay loop is. Yeah, um, a couple of hours of, of uninterrupted gameplay. Yeah, exactly. Which, knowing their track record or their kind of borrowed track record, would probably be like sixty percent of the game. And by that point, you might as well just watch a YouTube playthrough of the entire thing. To be fair, um, yeah. So some of all was that. Um, <laughs> The play dead people who did Inside and Limbo, right? Yes, but have since now left Play Dead. Yeah, made a, made a new studio, ironically called Jump Ship, <laughs> and, <laughs> and are now and are now making another sort of like that's that's like quasi, a, that's like us yeah. leaving ATG and starting a podcast and calling it like just another shitty podcast out, out here. Press Escape, <laughs> Press Escape, that's yeah, or, or or like Last Hope, or, or like yeah. Oh, F4. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I can't wait to watch videos about this on YouTube, I must admit. It's going to be a great... This is going to be... This is the 2022 game where, like, Jonesy doesn't get it and says that everyone who likes it is a liar and a con artist and a thief. No, and yeah, he never, I could see he, that. I he never plays that. himself. No, I can't, because I... I, I this, is an, this is another one of a Jonesy trademark... What do you call them? Rinky-dink games or whatever... <laughs> No, nah, because like inside and I, I, I saw and I was, it was one of those where I was like, these look wicked. Like I really want to want to play them, but I just don't like, I, th- that's not the same as the rinky dink games when I see them and I'm getting annoyed. <laughs> Do you know what my favourite thing about that game is the way that the intonation, like just the fact that it's a one word title changes the intonation. And for so many people, including Jones, it becomes inside rather than inside. 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 Yeah, it's like inside. Inside. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Inside. You put way more emphasis on the in than you would if you were saying, oh, I'm, I'm going inside. Inside. I'm going inside. inside. I'm going inside. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I realised the other day? I talk like inside. Alexa. <laughs> you talk okay, like yeah, a... yeah, you do. Yeah, like the emphasis always comes in the wrong place. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does. So this is a robot. This explains a lot. <laughs> something I have to work on. Um, something I know Jamie is going to be losing his little mind over, comes out on August the 23rd, is Saints Row. God, yeah, weird. Um, what the hell is this going to be? What a time to be alive, hey, Jamie? The, they've been all over the map. Like, do, what is oh, going God. on? Yeah, do you know what? You're not wrong. The Saints Row roller coaster has been one fucked up journey to be Criminals, on because, like, aliens, bosses, presidents, big heads, dildos. I was actually, I was actually referring to the roller coaster that this one specific Saints Row game <laughs> oh, has right. been on. But you, but you're right. Um, in just in so much as that, like, there was that horrible first impression when it was a Gamescom or the game so Gamescom opening night live I think it was actually in the summer where they released that cinematic trailer that put that their sort of like you know, key art version of the boss which is now a female uh, front mm. and centre and everyone was like oh my god what are they doing to Saints Row it's lost all its edge it's lost all its personality and they had to really quickly backpedal and be like no, that was literally just the version of the boss we chose for promotional material. Like you're still, there's still a character creator. It's still Saints Row. Don't worry, we're still volition. Like we know what the fuck we're doing. And then it seemed like they kind of got back on the right track with things. But then they did a a kind of a like a reveal reveal slash like preview deal with Game Informer, which some videos came out of. Which for reference, the game that Game Informer are currently doing that with is Elden Ring, Elden Ring which yeah. is out in like three weeks. So very strange timing in the development trajectory to do a Game Informer deal. It must have been and a those, knee-jerk reaction to kind of what was happening beforehand, yeah, right? But that, and that, was, that was what was so strange about it is it felt like it was them trying to allay fears of the kind of game they were making, releasing footage that looked half-baked because it probably was, <laughs> um, which I don't think had the desired, you know, 
I don't think it did what they meant it to do. And then they delayed it, which is great and very important when you consider that like Saints Row in one version of time was meant to be coming out this month, which is a crazy thing to think about. Yeah, that's mad. Um, I think August and that extra six months are probably going to be really vital. I hope they spend a lot of time really polishing that game to a shine um, because there's promise there, there's potential there, and I love Saints Row for everything it is and has been. Um, I just hope they don't let us down. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a weird one for me, that Saints Row, because I like the idea of Saints Row, but again, it's been such a long time since I've played a Saints Row game, and at this point, I'm, I feel like so much has happened, but I'm just, I have no goddamn idea where they're at. <laughs> we'll see on August I, the 23rd. It, this this seems like a bit of a reboot anyway, so. Yeah. But, you know, you it, can it, jump in. Yeah, if there's one for you to jump in, this would be it. Something I will uh, love to jump back into is Hellblade 2, Senua's Sacrifice, which is also coming out this year. Um, the first game was haunting and phenomenal and did so much cool stuff. Uh, and we've obviously seen some gameplay of um, Hellblade 2, Senua's Sacrifice, and it looks ridiculous. It looks too good, in fact. So fact, so too good, so good, in fact, that I don't quite believe it, um, which we've argued <laughs> before on the channel. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's almost but, like, what, what's, what's the game? What's the cutscene? What's the game? Yeah, no idea. Yeah. But yeah. Do, do you game, bro? Um, yeah, it's a distinction that I don't think matters that much with this kind of game and with the particular demo they showed. And yeah, sure. But obviously, Jonesy, Jonesy and I disagreed and argued on that fact a little bit back and forth at the time of that uh, right, Game though. Awards no, reveal. You, you're absolutely right. It doesn't matter. Like if you can listen, think about Hellblade One. Like it doesn't matter. That's gonna, it's going to be kick ass. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's just the journey, stuff. right? Like. Yeah. yeah, it's going to pull you in. It's going to do some weird shit to your brain. It's going to make you feel uncomfortable. It's going to make you feel lots of things. <laughs> they've lo- they've got some challenges though. Like this is a bigger game. It's a bigger, presumably a bigger scope and a bigger budget. You know, some of Hellblade. What worked about it was the fact that they could reuse some ideas, whether it was the the combat itself or the puzzle mechanics and so on. And so some of the boss battles obviously differed, but like a lot of the fundamentals and the pillars of what defined that game were reused and were quite similar. And it was a quite a short experience as a result of that. How how well does a game like Hellblade scale up, especially with the Microsoft money now in the mix? That's the thing I'm fascinated to see. Yes, I think especially I was- losing that intimacy and that sort of like that a feeling of like that you were there with Senua the whole way, and those voices were in your head too. And like, can you scale up? And mm. like, make a bigger yeah. budget, bigger story, and, and keep that intimacy. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, because what it worked was the intimacy and the, the the smallness of it, in a way, right? Mm. Mm. It was a very yeah. The the maps are very, or the areas were quite small. They obviously could control all the elements, and you you do wonder how that works on a bigger scale because surely a lot of the game's feel came from that sort of confinement, if you like. I do, one thing for me is going to be the combat because like, the combat wasn't great in. Um, in Senua's Sacrifice. It was, but it didn't matter particularly because of what the game was. It wasn't about like combat. It was, it was about the whole thing. But this, if it is going to be a bigger game, if it is going to be a whole bigger thing, then surely they need to polish all those elements a lot more than they've, than they or, had in the original. Or they just retreat from that kind of combat entirely. Maybe, maybe. Go for the story driven set piece combat in a yeah. much more, um, which, which is which, what we saw in the trailer, I suppose. Yeah, which which I think I might be more interested in, to be honest, from from this kind of a property. There was a weird thing in that the, in the in um, Senua's Sacrifice, the combat did feel like maybe it existed to make the game longer in some sense, um, and to yeah. feel like you were playing a get more of a a game that had more 
mechanics to it. Yeah, like, maybe it was like a, a box tick or something. Like you could have taken that stuff out and you would have had a very short game, but it would have been super interesting. And tr- it would have been like a very story led, um, you know, thing where you just go and take out those God, whatever they are, I can't remember their names, the God things in order to, you know, progress on your journey yeah. or whatever. But you don't actually need half the combat that exists in that game, which is weird. No. But, I'm psyched for this, yeah. though, man. This is going to be... I think this is going to be really good. Ninja Theory have got... I've liked Ninja Theory for a long time, so I hope this is And, good. and, free on Game Pass, baby. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. I just hope it's <laughs> not we scary. We haven't said that enough this time. You hope it's not scary. It will be. Definitely will be. Senua's Possibly. Sacrifice, like, more than most actual horror games, scared the shit out of me at times. <laughs> there were some specific sequences in that game that were, like, felt tailor-made to poke away at my deepest, <laughs> darkest insecurities, and it worked. <laughs> That's, that, that was the genius of it, though. Like, it's, it freaks you out. Like, it's a psychological terror as well. It's not like a um, an out-and-out, out, like, jump-scare kind of game, is it? Which yeah. Is cool. No, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, finally, the last game we're going to talk about that is um, should come out this year because it's been two years since they initially said it was going to get released, which is Kerbal Space Program 2. Oh, um, baby. A game which has no real reason to have been blighted by as much sort of terrible development processes and stuff that's gone on with Kerbal Space Program. Yeah, mm, did, didn't yeah. they get bought by Valve? Didn't they get bought? Then they got like, then it all got moved to another team, and then they basically had to start the whole thing again. Even after, because what twenty nineteen they said they were making the second one, and then I think it was supposed to come out in twenty twenty, and then it got bumped to twenty twenty one. And now there was some there was some fuckery for twenty twenty two. It was very strange. Um, let me see if I can. I'm, I'm looking at some stuff now. Basically, the original studio that was working on it got bumped off of it, and sh- it got shifted to another team so that the original team could keep developing further updates to the original game. Right. Um, and then it was but, private division. Okay. Ah, it's bizarre, man. Like it's it's just yeah. one of those strange things, which is so. If you've played a Kerbal, you'll know that that is even more bizarre given what this game is. Because Kerbal, for people who don't know, is a uh, like a rocket ship and um, shuttle simulator where you like use modules to build rockets and then you blast them into orbit and you can like build things in space and they fly around and it doesn't really seem like a game that should be that difficult to develop. If you're if you're developing it, it's like once you've made the first one, it seems that it should be a matter of course to so, develop the second one. I've, I'd forgotten about all of this, but I found I found the kind of what the what the fuckery was. Yeah. So the game was in development by a studio called Star Theory Games. Yeah. Um, and uh, development was shifted to Star Theory uh, in uh, and and a team called Squad could were remained defo- uh, focusing on further updates for the original game. Basically. Uh, Take Two was in talks to acquire Star Theory, but abruptly changed course, set up a new studio to develop the game called Intercept Games, then poached a third of Star Theory's developers, including the creator, director, and the lead producer, which, and then Star Theory closed its doors three months later. And the, so, you know, we said basically, about jump yeah. ship games, right? <laughs> Intercept, now yeah. Intercept, like, come on, man, that's too much. That is too yeah. much. But it's also fucked up when you're literally calling a studio Intercept to intercept this other studio that you nearly bought and poach a third yeah. of their workforce. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's so fucking that's underhand, up. man, yeah. But I fucking yeah. boycott Kerbal Space Program too. 
No, I don't Jesus want to boycott it. I, I love Kerbal too much. I've played far too much of Kerbal Space Program to boycott the second one. And it's ridiculous because it's probably going to be barely any different, but, you know. Do you know, I, I remember seeing that um, that debut trailer at Gamescom Opening Night Live 2019 live in person, <laughs> sat in the audience watching <laughs> Jeff Keighley tear up. Um, I remember there's, thinking, a, there's a great when moment. Are they, when are they going to get to Death Stranding? <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what he showed? You showed no Norman Reedus pissing and a mushroom growing. <laughs> and I remember thinking, oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember thinking, what's Kojima doing? There's more to this game than meets the eye. <laughs> there wasn't. There was. Don't be so mean. <laughs> there wasn't. Um. Well, surely, surely it's not just a delivery simulator. He's going to pull the rug from under our feet. <sighs> yeah. Well, he kind of did pull the rug a bit because you were wobbly and you had to like balance. Oh yeah, Whoa. pull those triggers, Jonesy. Pull those triggers. <laughs> don't don't upset the BB. Well, <laughs> with that, it is very late. It is uh, it is now Friday. It's two o'clock in the morning. Oh, Jesus. thank you. Thank <laughs> dying you. like two. Dying like two's been out for two hours. Oh my goodness, it has. <laughs> I'm not going to go to bed. I'm going to go buy it and play it. Um, no, I'm not really. Uh, yeah, guys, thank you so much for joining me this week. It has been a long one. This is part two of the um, you know backing up part one. If you haven't seen part part one Jesus Christ I can't even talk it's too late then maybe go and check that out yeah um, well, uh, our worst performing video this year so woo yeah I can't blame anyone it wasn't great <laughs> but for anyone who has made it this far um, of this episode we would like to ask something special of you um, mm. because we are going to make some little stings for the intro to our podcast all four all three of us are going to do it and we're going to put those little things together. They're going to be like four seconds long. And then we're going to play them out at some point. And I'm saying it on a podcast so that now it's it's set in stone. Set in we stone. have to do it. Um, I, forgot you, about, I forgot we were doing this. You, the fantastic audience, will be asked to pick which one was your favourite. And then that may become our sting uh, for the short fu- short term future until we decide to get rid of it uh, for something else. But so, let, um, yeah, so stay tuned and we will um, we'll do that. May I don't know when we'll do it. I'm not going to say they'll be the first one next week. That might be a bit too punchy. It's a bit ambitious, yeah. But we'll, yeah, we'll try. Ambitious. We'll try soon, right? Like, we will try very soon. Um, all that's left to say is, you can go and join our Patreon for as little as two dollars a month. Head over to Super Show <laughs> Patreon. If they, if they listen this this part, dude. Oh my god. Patreon.com forward slash super show. Reach out to us at Super Show Pod on Twitter and YouTube. We are on podcasting platforms and you can check us out anywhere. I'm too tired for this. I'm just gonna say goodbye. Thank you so much, Jamie. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you to everyone for watching. Thank you, Alex Jones, and thank you, listeners and viewers. Cheers. Thanks, everyone. We we will see you next time. See ya. Bye.